Hey everyone and welcome to the room where we talk about the Star Wars Marvel DC and beyond. This is episode number 249. We're discussing all the Star Wars and Marvel reveals from Disney Investors Day. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Carlos. Okay, guys, we had to call a bit of an audible this week. This was supposed to be our listener choice retro review of Galaxy Quest, but given the immense amount of reveals, trailers, content that was dropped on us last week by Disney in their Investors Day, their December call, we had to call a bit of an audible here and switch things over and talk about everything that they dumped on us from Disney Plus to the theatrical releases, from Marvel Studios, and from Star Wars. We had some incredibly large reveals that, to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting anything of this magnitude out of this call. I thought, like, here's a couple updates for Disney Plus, and that's it. But guys, so much came out that we don't even know if we're going to be able to get through it all in this episode. We're going to try, but we're going to get there because there's some crazy, crazy stuff in the Marvel space on Disney Plus, the theatrical stuff, and Star Wars. Mind-blowing our DM was lit up like fire as this was going on, screaming, cap locks, everything, like I'm sure most of you guys were. So we're going to take this whole episode, guys. No This Weekend Nerd, no nothing else. We're talking about Marvel and Star Wars Disney Investors Day, and I'm joined, again, by my two dudes, Carlos and Troy here. Guys, Troy, like yeah, you were you going nuts in the DM oh. for Investors Day here for what they were revealing. <laughs> Uh, and basically said, we have to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> we had to. We had to. This is huge news, man. How lucky are we to be getting all this stuff going on right now? Like Christmas, December is lit right now, man. It's going down. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You know, you guys are always making fun of me about sipping the Kool-Aid on Disney, man. But man, give it to me all day for this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but Carlos, man, let, let's let's jump right into this. Let's get into the thick of it here because there's literally like 50 things we got to get through in the next hour and a half or so. So let's just jump into it. Disney Investors Day, December 10th. None of us were expecting something of this scale where we're getting these reveals in this format. Again, I thought this was a half an hour Bob Chesapeake or Iger discussion with investors saying, hey, Disney Plus is looking great. We have 100 million subscribers. We're really looking forward for you guys to see Falcon of the Winter Soldier and Andor. Like, I thought that would be pretty much the gist of it. And then all of a sudden, we have a four-hour live stream that, like, we're all periodically tuning into with all the heads of the studios, major reveals. You guys, I think, as a family, were watching this, like, play out in front of the world. Like, like Oh, yeah. We, we postponed dinner and then, like, <laughs> had to orient ourselves to watch the end of it um, while we ate. Because, yeah, it derailed everything. Same, <laughs> same boat. Like, we, well, at least I went into it not thinking it would be anything huge. And I was like, oh, well, whatever. It's starting now. And in an hour or two, I'll just check Twitter and see what they revealed and kind of go from there. Like uh, I thought you'd get a few little news beats that you'd read once a deadline wrote them up and that would be it. But yeah, this was something totally unexpected as far as what the event was and the content that they revealed. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was nuts. And even beyond stars of Marvel, which we're not going to touch on any of this stuff today, but they got into the depths of Disney studios, the animation side of things, Pixar, the integration of Fox and all the adult content. You know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Disney 18 plus, which isn't a thing, but the concept is a thing because they're throwing it on as up here in Canada, at least as star integrated into Disney plus, which is a huge win for us. You know, I think in the yes. States it's still a Hulu or it's a separate app in other places, but 
for whatever reason, we locked out finally here in Canada and have this integrated platform where we get all this adult content now for the same price we're paying. I think there's a $2 hike starting next year, but we've already paid for, for the whole year. So I think we're grandfathered into this as of February where we get basically a whole nother app embedded in Disney Plus where we get another massive library of TV shows and films. So super excited about that as well. But Troy, man, you're the one that actually yeah. told me there was a live stream. Like I, <laughs> up until the Star Wars point, I was just following Disney's Twitter. Like, yeah, man, it was it was wild, man. You know, with these uh, these announcements going on, it takes me back to being um, a kid. Uh, the ABC days, the network where I used to watch like TGIF on a Friday. I remember like every year TGIF would give you like the sneak preview of like the Saturday morning cartoons coming up mm -hmm. next. And they would show you like Sonic the Hedgehog and like Recess and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. And for, like a half hour, you know, you're just watching all these cool like drops. But this this is a whole nother level, man, of just crazy content coming out. I had no idea it was going to be this big. Um I was thinking maybe there's going to be some kind of like Sony Spider-Man deal maybe between the two, like something that, which kind of sounds small, but not really. But compared to what we got, man, this was, it was honestly on a level of like fandom, to yeah. be honest, for me. It was, it was huge, man. I think fandom was kind of done better as, um, mm -hmm. as like, as a broadcast um, and, and as a hosting spot, but the content, come on, this was mind blowing, mind yeah. blowing, man. Well, yeah. and it's funny you say that and liken it to, to fandom because realistically, Disney could have done D23 online, which is basically yeah. this, yeah. and mm -hmm. had a bit more fanfare around it, a bit more fan interaction, and building yeah. some of the stuff up. Like, as they're running through this, like Feige and, and Kathleen Kennedy in particular, they were saying so much. I, I had to rewatch it, the whole thing, after watching it once because I just wasn't able to consume everything. It's like, it's like, <laughs> you know, She-Hulk, and then they're like, Secret Invasion, Ironheart, Armor Wars, I Am Groot, Fantastic Four. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, slow down a minute. Yeah. And all their performances, I, you said this on the pre-record, were all fairly wooden. Like, everyone was like, it was like someone was standing with a gun and be like, you say all this stuff right now. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Feige was refusing to do it. And then all of a sudden he was shoved into a room and like a green screen. And they're like, say all this, say Ironheart, say Secret Invasion. It's like, well, it was that, it just felt like not as, you know, you look back at what they did when they announced the phase three slate, right? They did the live thing and they had, of course, they couldn't do this now, but they had Evans and Downey and then they announced Bozeman and they had this whole thing, right? This felt very off brand to me for Marvel, the way all this was revealed. But yeah, especially in the early parts, because I guess the early parts was more geared towards investors, too. Yeah. So it's almost like, uh, you know, like a fly in the wall and like the, the board meetings there a little bit. Yeah. Um, just kind of how robotic some of these guys were delivering. But you're right, especially coming from like someone like Kathleen Kennedy and um, Kevin Feige, who we've seen, you know, just kind of own the mic. It was a little bit of a step back when mm -hmm. watching them kind of um, run down the lineups going into the future. It's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, that's the thing that made me laugh because it's like you had fandom and it was like such a celebration of like the fans and the creators and the company all coming together. And then with this, it was like, yeah, this robotic presentation. But then also there was like the trailers where it's yeah. like, this is just for our investors. Yeah. yeah. Pours, you guys get the trivia and some elevator music, <laughs> and uh, we'll get back to you in, in due time. Yeah. In due time, pours. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny to say just that for too. Our special people. Because yeah, I was like, oh, are they just taking like weird breaks so everyone can tweet about the stuff they just revealed? <laughs> like, I didn't realize until I rewatched it that that's where the trailer. And then I went looking for the trailers and I couldn't yeah. find any of it, which kind of yeah. shocked me, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, we, us common folk, we. Uh, <laughs> 
we were cut out, man. We were cut out. <laughs> well, ugh, there's there's enough fear for me to consume in, in any part. But yes. uh, it, it definitely did the job. Like, again, we're expecting something that is a bit more integrated into the idea and concept of bringing and engaging a, a fandom. This is really about bumping their stock price at the end of 2020. Really mm-hmm. shitty year for a lot of businesses. You know, Disney's huge, of course, and that. But... They still have a bottom line. They still have dividends to pay. They still have investors to to impress. And this did the job. Like it shot up like 13, 14%. I don't know what it eventually got to, but it had an all time high stock tally to it. So whatever it was worked. And, and Disney Plus, like there's like 10 shows coming out next year between Star Wars and Marvel alone. And mm-hmm. so they must have been really listening to us, guys. When we've been, uh, we've been giving them a little bit of the gears, asking for some original content. Well, yeah. I don't even know if we're going to have a podcast in the year to review everything <laughs> yeah because what is it a hundred new well, 100 movies or 100 shows a year or something like that that's bold yeah man i'm pretty like i'm pretty sure that they've been listening to the podcast mm-hmm. and they're like you know there's this cynic guy here i know bob put in a call with tim and he's like you know you brought this new guy in and he's really getting down <laughs> on us all the time and calling us out so you know we, we could handle sanjay but like two of them i don't know but um, yeah, man, like I, I had to eat some crow with that. Like I was pretty impressed mm-hmm. and, um, far and away, like the hugest thing for me was star. Like if they had announced just star plus and mm-hmm. that this is all the content you're getting and these are the things we're playing with there, to be honest, I would have been happy with it and given them my money for another year of subscription. And that's before we got to any of the, the cool shiny stuff. So yeah. 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 Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite an event. And guys, let's get into the content here that they revealed. Yeah. And we're going to kick it off with Marvel. And we're going to start with Disney+. Plus. We got, we got one solid Disney Plus show in this universe, in like the Star Wars Marvel DC universe in Disney+. Plus. And that was The Mandalorian this year. Next year, we're going to have like five or six shows dropping throughout the year. And it's kicking off with WandaVision. Now, we're not going to go into too much depth with WandaVision. We've talked about it in detail. They dropped a new trailer on us, uh, which did show, I guess, pretty much the same thing. But we're getting a lot more insights as to what this this show is going to be. And then they go and throw Winter Soldier at us with a a proper cinematic style of trailer. And then Loki, again, with another banger of a trailer. Now, these are the three shows that we knew were coming in 2021 and we had seen some content for in previous reveals in that now now let's talk about these three this you know january 15th we've got wandavision march 2021 falcon winter soldier and may 2021 loki so in the first half of next year we're gonna have all three of these shows in our laps and seeing how they really evolve the brand of the mcu in the disney plus space so most of these will come out pre-Black Widow 2. So there's a lot of MCU content that we're going to see before the next theatrical release, which has, of course, been pushed out from this year into May of 2021. Now, Carlos, man, bring bring some of your thoughts here when you're seeing the development of these three shows. We've chronicled it a bit here on the, on the podcast, but it's really the first time that we're seeing that in-depth look, especially for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki 2. Yeah, man, like I got to admit, like I was super impressed with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like they did so much to generate my hype and Sam wasn't anywhere near taking the mantle of Captain America in that thing. Like Mm -hmm. they purposely focused on it as him as the Falcon. And I loved what I was seeing. Like they certainly have taken advantage of the, the Mandalorian box there to do some cool stuff like the scenes of him flying in that canyon and Mm -hmm. doing all these loops. And 
avoiding the blast and whatnot was was awesome. Like I was super blown away by that. The WandaVision trailer just made something that was already pretty compelling even more compelling. Um, if there was a weak link for the whole Marvel section, to be honest, it was kind of that Loki trailer. Production value was off the charts. I thought it looked awesome. Um, some interesting imagery. But the whole thing was just kind of flat for me. And I was like, ah, Loki with the time police kind of thing. And I was like, like, I'll watch it for sure. But it it just didn't grab me the way, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was like, give this to me right now. And I, I when does that one hit? So that one's... March, March, this or this coming March. So if it starts in the last week of March, we could potentially be in a position where Black Widow hits before the last episode hits of that. Yeah. And maybe... That's where that crossover. It's six episodes, though, so we'll be halfway through. Depending on when in March, it could be the end of March, basically April. So yeah, we could, depending on when it drops in March, we could end up where yeah, there is a bit of slight crossover there, or we get episode six after Black Widow debuts in theaters. Yeah, I was thinking like it it might hit after because I know Florence Pugh has a role in this movie, so speculation was that's one of the reasons why it didn't come out Mm -hmm. this year was because they didn't want to spoil things for black widow. So yeah, Yeah. I almost wonder if you'll get black widow and then, yeah, this could be like a March 29th debut or whatever. Right. And Mm -hmm. six episodes takes you through April and into the early part of May, which then would cross over. Maybe you don't see Florence pure whomever until the last episode or two. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. When they really kick this thing off, because like, and I agree with you with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and and Feige said this, that, like this is a cinematic experience played out, a movie played out over six episodes. Like, to be honest with you, in the absence of Disney Plus, this is a full feature film. Yeah, like the way this is shot, the story that they're telling here, the continuation of of the Cap universe for sure. WandaVision and Loki, they do seem more like shows, like they were written yeah. as shows where maybe Feige had to do some wheeling and dealing here, and they said, you got to pick something to go on Disney+. Plus. They all can't be features, and this is one of the ones that went there to get major eyeballs into Disney+, Plus and, and the buy-in to MCU in this platform. Yeah, this one definitely had a... It, it seemed to be bigger in scale. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that they showed, they actually used some extras and had people in the black background, like Mandalorian you can kind of tell that it's on a set and there's only X amount of extras most yeah. of the time. Whereas with this, like you look at that football stadium scene and it's mm-hmm. just like, shoot, they shot this thing on the scale of a bonafide movie type of thing. So yeah, yeah I, I'm really excited for Falcon and winter soldier and not just cause I'm like the Falcon of this show, but <laughs> because that trailer just blew me away. Yeah. How about you, Troy, man? How are you feeling about these, these three early pieces of NCU content we're going to see on Disney plus? Yeah, man. For me, it's uh, it's production, production, production. Mm-hmm. I think the production of all three of these properties look incredible. Um, I, I love Mando right now. Season two has been phenomenal, but I feel the production value on these three new uh, IPs coming up look far superior to Mandalorian. It's 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 incredible what they're doing. You guys mentioned it. Um, they look like they're ready for movies. It looks like yeah, they're basically just movies that have been split up into what 45, 50 mm-hmm. minute episodes. Um. Yeah, Carlos, you mentioned it. I like the fact that they're taking their time, it looks like, with Falcon, that he's not, boom, in the suit, ready to go as the next Cap. It looks like, I don't know, maybe at the end of the whole series, he gets the uh, the mantle as Cap. But um, I love the costume 
for once, mm-hmm. Falcon yeah. really looks cool, man. Really looks cool. Um, clean cut looking um, Bucky too. Mm-hmm. It's a good look. Um, I'm I'm excited, man. I think it's definitely going to be uh, Captain or Captain. It's Falcon and the Winter Soldier is uh, my main go to right now. I like this uh, what I'm seeing. Uh, WandaVision, I'm 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 warming up to it more and more. Again, the production value looks phenomenal. Um, but definitely seems more serial, a little more TV like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Loki, man, Loki. I've been kind of on pause with this one from the jump, and it looks incredible. Like, man, some of those shots and the CGI was—you couldn't tell the difference from that and like Endgame. It looked really, really good. Um, I love the nod, the Easter egg to like, was that comic run like President Snoke yeah. or President yeah. Loki, whatever? Um, that was cool. I want that Marvel legend like ASAP. Yeah, he looked pretty cool. Um, but um, like, I'm all in. I'm gonna watch it, but it's it just doesn't have my excitement level all the way up there. But I am excited to see the cameos to pop out of that show. Oh, yeah. I feel like out of any of those shows, <laughs> yeah. that's have a lot of the the cool MCU people popping up in. So all around, it's a win. Um, I can't wait to see what's in store. And I love this new outlet for the MCU to tell some of these stories that you mm-hmm. won't get on the big screen, man. So uh, yeah, I, I'm all in. But yeah. it's definitely Falcon and Witcher Soldier for me that stole the show. Yeah, let, let's let's talk a little bit more about Falcon and Winter Soldier. The uh, the villain here, right? It with the uh, the actress that was in Solo that played Emphy's Nest, um, it looks to be one of the main villains here. With the, has the mask with the handprint on her face. I and I don't really know exactly what it is. Like Flag Smashers, Ultimatum were kind of something that was that was chucked out there as being like basically these like anarchists that are trying to to chip away at the the foundation of the U.S. Which you know is very timely. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it, it, I gotta admit, like I. Without spoiling anything, it totally gave me the feel of the bad guys in the Miles Morales Spider-Man game right now. Oh, okay. Uh, so cool. Like, cool. Yeah, that could be something. Yeah, destabilization, bringing down democracy, anarchy type stuff looks like what they're. And to be honest with you, it's I think it's a, probably it's very much so on purpose. And I think you're going to see a lot too of some of the social unrest that we've seen in the states with with especially with Falcon, and we've seen that tackled in the comic books before. The uh, with with Falcon being Captain America and people not my Captain America these type of things right and I think they're really gonna you know try to inch very close to that nerve that is very much exposed in the states right now and tell a story in and around that and I think that's gonna make this a very very engaging TV series because I think they're gonna actually tackle real life social issues in this series and also have like this little bit of a Marvel spin on it, right? Because you get kind of some of those cues between Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that relationship that, you know, especially when they walk out too, right? Like the I hate you and all this. <laughs> so it, it uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting and probably is still my most anticipated on this Disney Plus, especially for these early ones. And and Loki, I, I feel kind of the opposite way, guys. Like I'm really digging this. I love Hiddleston in this role. And he like just drinks the scenes, man. Like he is just hamming it up on there when he can. And and I love that. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they really progress this character, even though he's, he's met his demise in a similar fashion that we saw black widow meet her demise and then get something chucked out afterwards. So it's going to be cool to see what they do with this. Did you catch that weird black widow reference in there? I don't know what that's about. Yeah. It looked exactly like, like she's on like Vormir or whatever. Um, That was kind of a weird one. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that mm-hmm. and and how they actually play with the time and space jumping around that they're going to do. So it, I, it's going to be, I think, another very engaging TV series to w- watch really, you know, Tom Hiddleston walk through time here. So 
Is that six episodes as well? Is it following? They all following that I format? I think so. That would be yeah. my guess. Um, I know. I believe Hawkeye is also six episodes um, that they said, but it seems that that's kind of the the space they're looking at. Cool. Um, so yeah, super super interesting stuff there with the first batch that we're going to see in 2021. So the next batch that we're going to see in 2021 uh, revolves around again expanding and and really baton passing in a way with some of these shows. So we've got Miss Marvel, which we've talked about in quite a bit of detail, coming out late 2021, already shooting. Um, they really really flagged kind of the diversity of writers directors that they that they have there. And they had a really cool sizzle reel demonstrating some of the creative process that they went through, especially during the pandemic when it comes to actually choosing the actresses playing Miss Marvel in there. Um, and then they got Hawkeye coming late 2021, the official confirmation of Haley Steinfeld. We knew from set photos and that, that she was on board playing Kate Bishop here. And then we also have the, the animated, the first animated dive for Marvel Studios with the What If coming out this summer, 2021. Um, I got a nice, cool little trailer for that too. So Troy, let's picking up on some of these, these newer shows that we haven't talked as much about and we haven't actually really seen a ton of content from, especially for Hawkeye and Miss Marvel, at least in an official sense. Yeah. So our back end of 2021 fills out six shows that we're going to see in Disney Plus from Marvel. So basically one every two months is going to be in our lap, six episodes or so. And it's when we get to these ones that we really start to see the new side of, of Phase 4. We're starting to get introduced into even more new characters, characters we haven't seen in the past in a great amount of depth when it comes to Miss Marvel as well as Kate Bishop here. So kind of baton passing here we're seeing yeah. kind of the growth the diversification of the mcu on disney plus here man now that we have all these official confirmations hype level around these shows oh kate bishop all day man played by uh hayley steinfeld there um i was first introduced to her through uh edge of 17 mm-hmm. and i thought she was brilliant in that and she even uh saved that that crappy uh franchise transformers in bumblebee because she was also <laughs> phenomenal in that movie as well so um she does no wrong in my opinion and then she obviously she led her voice too her voice was in um spider gwen for yes. the spider voice so she's fantastic she's phenomenal and i i've been seeing some of the set photos of her too mm-hmm. uh thanks to uh, our boy stubaka because he's been posting those all over twitter and uh, she just looks phenomenal in that role so that one really stole a show for me um miss marvel too man i mean come on kamala khan that that young actress that they they found she just has like she kind of just embodied it she um she really has like, that feel of the character and i'm so excited to see her and then we also got the announcement that she's going to be in captain marvel too oh, yeah <laughs> so i was like come on i'm i'm all in man and and you know um i've, I've thrown a lot of shade at that that recent avengers game but one of the highlights for me was uh getting to know kamala khan even more in that game and so coming off the heels of that and transitioning into live action i'm all in man so looking forward to that but uh the animation for the what if mm-hmm. uh, Marvel show that blew me away. Like we've seen little bits of it before, I think at D23. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. And it, and it looked cool, but we've got a lot more this time and uh, it's really refreshing compared to everything else out there. Cause it's, it's very um, heavy on the animation obviously, but it also has like a cool realistic feel and um, the shading too. It's almost like cell shaded at the same time. And, you know, hearing the, the, the voice acting obviously of, uh, I believe it's Chadwick Boseman as well. I think they have all the original voice yeah. actors. Majority um, of them. So, yeah, majority of them. So to hear him, you know, being like the, the Star-Lord of uh, that world, that universe was really cool. And uh, and Yondu 
as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, bringing him alongside. I thought that was just awesome, man. And the Doctor Strange too, like seeing those two Doctor Strange go yeah. at it. I was like, cool. I, I'm all in, man. It's just, um, it's a cool new avenue of what uh, the MCU is doing with this animation form, and uh, I'm all in. And Peggy, Peggy Carter as well. Yeah. Obviously, that's another standout too. As uh, like, I don't know, is it Captain Britain? She's gonna be, or I think something along those lines. Yeah, like, yeah she's basically like Super Soldier Serum. Yeah, but it, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm really digging that too. Like, I think the what if too provides a really interesting platform for them to say, like, like exactly that. What if this happened? Yeah. And kind of play around and tweak with their very, you know, formulated linear storytelling. It's like, what happens if, if this happened? It's kind of a, a cool way to to try to tell a different story. And the animation, I know it's the first shot at them at Marvel Studios doing animation, and it could open yeah. the door for, for other stories to be told um, either in the what if space or, you know, you take things like like Groot or or anything along those lines and you can expand stories in the animation um, yeah. and still have lots of fun with it. But well, uh, you, you, you nailed it, too, because I always wondered, too, right, with Disney buying out Marvel, you know, I always wonder, like, how are we not getting, like, some proper animation? When you think of Disney, you think of animation. Mm-hmm. With the Marvel heroes, I always want to see them kind of join forces. So it looks like we're finally kind of getting mm-hmm. that. Um, another thing I was actually wondering, too, maybe you guys know, is would we possibly see Spider-Man pop up in this? Because I thought Sony had some rights at one point to the animation properties, but... Does Disney now hold those rights? Because we have the new Disney Spider-Man cartoons. I think they right. only sold, and Carlos, you probably more in the know on this, but I'm, I think the IP is only live action because all the Spider-Man cartoons are on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's like animated TV. Disney can do yeah. on their own, but they animated can't TV. do. They couldn't do a animated movie okay like spider versus sony right yeah right so. right 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 so so what we should be able to see spider-man pop up then technically yeah in theory right in a right. tv show yeah i guess i guess maybe like a, yeah. streaming and maybe have a weird like it's probably not yeah. written into a contract <laughs> yeah so because like this disney spider-man show now mm-hmm. was an existing show from way before right so that yeah. came out long before um disney plus was a thing so Right, because I believe the last time before the whole Disney thing, it was Spectacular Spider-Man was was a yeah. Sony creation, right? And they canned it. Uh, canned it to make yeah. the ultimate Spider-Man, which was Disney XD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But huh. it, but it premiered on TV, which is... Right, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, streaming is going to be a weird gray zone, I think, for a lot of this stuff, because yeah. you could lean it other way, either way, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I was to guess, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, I don't, that's just, but that's just my gut feeling with these things. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, we could like maybe call Abby later on in the show or something like that. But uh, he showed up last week for a (laughs) minute. So (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Carlos, how about you, Ben? Kate Bishop, you know, you and I, we deep dove into Miss Marvel in the past here, but it's cool to see that, that creative process that they're really putting out there uh, for Miss Marvel too. Yeah, dude, and you know, like, Troy kind of got into all the wonderful things about these shows and, like, where the hype level comes from, so I'll kind of just throw my perspective on it. Man, it was so wonderful to see my girls, like, just light up over Mm -hmm. these properties. Like, my youngest, she's been collecting these, like, they're almost like paperback book size trades, so they'll collect 12 issues and a couple of the annuals and and spinoffs and stuff, but she's been super... Uh, committed to reading these series but like 
Kate Bishop Hawkeye blew her mind. Like she loved that thing and we go for walks and she'd be telling me about the stuff happening in that book. And then like her Miss Marvel super fandom was born out of those books too. So to see her reaction to the, uh, to the reveals of Kate Bishop as Hawkeye and Kamala Khan being filmed and being like, she knew that a show was coming, but it's real now. Right. Mm -hmm. Was amazing. Like those, those reveals and the Ironheart show mm. totally lit my house on fire. Like she was beside herself, like double down, insulting her DC loving sister <laughs> right away with like, look at all this cool stuff. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. And then my oldest, like she geeked out over Peggy Carter being in um, kind of the showcase piece of the what if series. So mm. that looked amazing. And then that, Peggy's kind of front and center of that whole project was it was pretty cool like that that group of projects being revealed was probably one of the highlights of the whole event for my household just watching their reactions to this stuff so ah that's it, awesome it's neat yeah it was neat yeah it's so cool to see all this going in a very different direction than it has in the past right like it's you know, they've had a box and now they're moving outside of that and mm -hmm. I think you're going to see a whole next generation of people move into the consumption of the MCU because they're, they're kind of at, you know, it's slow to the take up, of course, but they're starting to get to a spot where you're starting to see that a broader representation of, of the population of earth in mm. these characters. Right. And, and I, I do like that they are expanding and, and, you know, getting front and center, some very important characters in from Marvel comics out in front of these Disney plus shows and then integrated them fully into their feature films as well. Like you said, with Miss Marvel jumping onto the big screen and adding some excitement to, I think for both of you to Captain Marvel too. <laughs> yeah. Well, in fact, like just a couple hours ago, um, we were poking around on our like iTunes library and I like, as a, as a joke, I threw Captain Marvel on and like my one daughter moaned about it saying like, we're not watching this. But the other one was like, I'm super excited for Captain Marvel too because of Kamala Khan. Mm -hmm. nice. So that's huge. And that they're adding, adding Rambo into it too is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And it'll, yeah. it'll make it interesting, right? Because that first movie, <laughs> it, it is, well, it is the first movie. So. Yeah. And what's cool about Monica Rambo too, is she's going to be in WandaVision. Yes. Which is that's awesome. That's where she debuts, right? Yeah. yeah. That's where she yeah. debuts. Like as an yeah. adult. Yeah. 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 Which is it's so cool. And then and then continue to step forward, guys. Two other shows that we did know about, but they've provided a bit more clarity as towards the direction and who's going to be starring in them. So first one being She-Hulk, right out there for Stubaka. And Fungi came right out and said she's gonna be, you know, a working professional, six foot seven, angry She-Hulk, yes. like so cool. Tatiana Misalani, who who they had I don't know if they had officially confirmed before, I believe they did. But oh, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Congratulated her, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, you're right. And But two standouts that are returning, Tim Roth as Abomination from 2008's yeah. Incredible Hulk, and then yeah. also Mark Ruffalo. Whether or not he'll be Hulk or not, I think is was left to be a bit of a gray zone because they didn't really specify. They just said Mark Ruffalo returning to the role. But uh, very cool there. But also the description, a superhero-related legal case is what she's going to be tackling. And Feige says, you just don't know who could potentially show up in this show yes. come on like 
again, did they listen to the show? And then Moon Knight 2. Man, this one was for you, Carlos, man. They they lobbed this in. Listen to the show, what you wanted, this indie style of show, embracing those multiple identities that live inside of them. And each of those going to be distinct characters and then really leaning into the Egyptology side of Moon Knight. So giving you kind of a very like full-on scope as what this is going to be. Like you must have been stoked about both these reveals, Carlos. Oh man, like anybody in the Twitter gang knows that like no exaggeration, like Incredible Hulk is a top three MCU film for me. Mm-hmm. Like that film honestly just gets hate because of the recast of the main character. But like if you look at it from just the sheer pathos perspective, there's no other movie in the MCU that has pathos like that movie. Like you look at the journey that Bruce Banner goes on mm-hmm. and the strife in the relationship between him, Betty and her dad. And it's amazing. So it blew my mind that they're bringing in Tim Roth as the Mm -hmm. abomination and Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. It's the Hulk that we have. And that's, that's cool. Like I don't dislike, I, I quite love Mark Ruffalo as an actor, so I've never hated on his Hulk, but it's, it never hit the highs of, the incredible hulk movie for me yeah um and part of that too is the designs that they've gone for the hulk in each of the each of the films too so part of that's on the animators but uh this got me this was my number one marvel thing by a country mile so that it's marrying up with the movie that i love that doesn't seem to have that much love in the pantheon of the mcu Mm -hmm. and then that you're injecting my boy matt murdoch into it like oh Come on. Like, I was stoked. I don't even care if he's not Daredevil for a single frame of this TV show. I, I just love the character and I love Matt Murdock that much. Like, be it Charlie Cox or whoever, but if you have Jennifer Walters interacting with Nelson and Murdock, amazing. I mean, I am there. It's I'll watch happen. that thing it's... twice every night kind of thing because. <laughs> Oh, that is going to be awesome. That that was that such awesome. a tease, man. Such a tease there about who could show up, right? Uh, it, it's so cool. How about Moon Knight, man? Like, yeah, Moon Knight. Moon Knight's cool. I was a bit surprised that they didn't say anything about Oscar Isaac taking the role. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he uh, slithered out and he's going to just be Solid Snake or mm-hmm. what the deal is. If oh. they still haven't worked things out, but uh, yeah, Moon Knight. Moon Knight will be cool. I I think it's interesting that they're leaning into the Egyptology side or that Feige highlighted it. Mm-hmm. So I hope it's not Indiana Jones. And I hope by that he means that they're really leaning into the Conchu side of things and that they'll have a bunch of things with Conchu being the the kind of cog that his personalities are turning on, Yeah, which would be pretty neat, right? And maybe Conchu is going to be that, that pillar through the show and Mark is going to be off balance all the time with the different identities and whatnot. But uh, yeah, man, like I, I'm excited. And like right away as, as Kevin Feige's talking about it, I was like, I want white business suit Moon Knight for this entire series, man. Like I don't, you don't have to give me the fancy superhero-y Moon Knight, just like <laughs> that, that knuckle brawling Moon Knight in the suit. That's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want. So. And, and I think that's where Disney Plus really serves both of these shows really well is that it gives you time to grow and develop the characters, right? You can have an episode in the courtroom with no She-Hulk proper, with just Jennifer Walters, and that could be a whole episode. Like, you couldn't do that in the movies, right? You couldn't spend 30, 40 minutes in a courtroom and and really develop that character. Same with Mood Knight, right? Like, to to really embrace the idea of like these distinct characters through his multiple personalities and that you need time to do that 
And these shows give them time to do that, which really, really excites me. Now, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think you could do Moon Knight as a movie, to be honest with no, you. No, like, not in the depth that you need to understand. Like, you can whip through it, but you're just not going to do the character any justice exactly. having it in a two-hour movie. It just does not work. Um, now, now, Troy, She-Hulk, you and yeah. Stubaka go mm. back home, back yeah. and forth, man. You guys are big fans of the legend that just came out and of yeah. the comics. Like, like seeing this, the potential for a real, like, Hulk sort of, like, family sort of gathering type yeah. thing here. Like, it's <laughs> it's pretty cool what they're doing here. Yeah, no, I, I love this news, man. Listen, I'm, I'm a sucker for... Um for courtroom dramas like i i love those like the good wife give it to me all day all <laughs> all of that give it so if you're gonna give me she hulk meets the good wife i'm all in and um i'm really glad that they actually cemented the fact that they uh they are going with tatiana to play the um mm-hmm. to play to play this role because i remember there was a little bit of a mix-up going on there for a minute and they're like they flat out came out like nope she's our one she's she hulk i'm super interested interested to see how they do jennifer once she hulks out yeah especially because i remember I believe so. At least for the most part, She-Hulk's normally She-Hulk permanently, right? Yeah. She's not often. She's yeah. She's never um, like human form. Much like how Bruce will go back and forth, she can like control herself. At least before like this Avengers run that's going on right now. But before she could control her manner, but she was permanently She-Hulk state. So um, I'm really interested to see how they tackle that and um, if they're gonna like kind of just jump right into it, or if we're gonna get like some flashback origin sequence between her and Bruce doing like the whole blood transfusion or whatever. So, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm totally in. But hey, listen, listen, if you go back, what was it, two or three weeks episodes? We we're talking about uh, Charlie Cox. What to do with that guy? Mm-hmm. And your boy, your boy told you. He said, listen, like we got J.K. Simmons coming back as J. Jonah, and we're already doing the whole Jamie Foxx's Electro. I said, bring back Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Just bring him back and. We might be going that direction, man. We might be getting Jennifer and Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock going eye to eye, man. Maybe maybe they're battling a case against each other. That blew my mind. Like we we gotta go there, man. Or even so, just uh, like a pass in the hall, an acknowledgement yeah, of like this anything, is here, man. like something, right? Like yeah. they, they they're not gonna pass this opportunity up, right? No, and then we got word no. too that he, he might be showing up in Spider Man Three with everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> or maybe that's where the cross wire was for. The oh, casting, potentially. right? Potentially. He gets hired. Yes. Like people assumed, people reporting or scooping on it assumed that it was for Spider-Man, but it's actually for this. For the- Which make a lot of sense. Yes. Actually, it makes sense for both cases, right? With Spider-Man's identity being out there or you're just having like this courtroom drama with Jennifer, right? So mm. either way, I'm, I'm totally in. So no, She-Hulk, I'm super excited for. Um, listen, I'm not I'm not big on, on Moon Knight. Like I tried. Um, I know Grabs <laughs> shot a book out there a while back. And I haven't read that book, but I'm reading uh, Jason Aaron's current run on Avengers, and Moon Knight is a big part in there. And um, it's it's been it's been boring as heck. Like I, I just can't get into the character. Maybe that's not the best way to go about this, but for me, it's just been like, ah, oh, this guy again, and he's he's fighting Black Panther, <laughs> he's taking down Thor, he's 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 destroying the Avengers. And in my opinion, because like I said, I don't know much about this character, but I'm like, how is this guy? taking down the Avengers. It's like watching Harley Quinn take down like the trio of like Wonder Woman, Hulk, um, Superman <laughs> and uh, Batman in uh, Tom King's run. But anyway, so I'm just like not really in there, but you know what? Um, maybe this show is going to prove it to me that maybe this show is going to be the one to really maybe go back and pick up that book that grabs mentioned and really dive in. But yeah, the Lemurie run. 
Yes, yes, yes. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But I like the avenue. Like, I like it's it's something completely different that Marvel, at least the MCU, hasn't touched on. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see more of this Egyptian side and see how they challenge. Because how many different sides is there to him? Like a seven or eleven different personalities he has going on? Or yeah, there's kind of like the four main ones that they okay. play with all the time. And yeah. then yeah, there's like some more obscure ones where. Yeah, crazy, like skull wearing naked guy, and a whole bunch <laughs> that's of why I've been seeing, I've seen some of that going on in this book, and I'm just like, ah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. But um, it's, it, but it's cool, you know. And again, like you know, with these comics too, because they have been paying more attention to uh, She-Hulk in the Avengers, mm-hmm. and you know, right now Moon Knight's getting more shine in the Avengers too. So it is cool that they're taking those characters and they're bringing them more on board. Uh, live action for the world to see so i i mean it man anytime you're going to take any kind of character and put them on live action i'm there yeah for sure for sure and i think it's it's no coincidence that you're seeing some of these characters get a lot of face time in the comic books right like it's yeah. <laughs> we've seen this time and time again i'm sure there'll be legends figures of, of moon knight and there yeah. was just the one of, of she hulk as well and yeah. we see this kind of like there, there's a continuity of business there that they're definitely keeping the finger on the pulse so that these characters yeah. become like part of the consciousness of of the greater society from the collectors to the comic book readers. And then, of right. course, over to the film universe into the, the broader audience there. Now, these next ones that we're going to touch on here, guys, as we continue to blast through this are the most nonchalant major reveals in the history of the MCU. Like <laughs> like. Okay, we're it's fight. We're gonna do um Secret Invasion and then Ironheart and then Armor Wars. Like in one breath he said yeah. that. Yeah. And I was and like, they say it's one of the biggest comics to ever go down. Yeah, too. that he was very specific about that. Of all time. Outside of Civil War in the last twenty years, Secret Invasion is it. And it's like, wait, wait a minute. Like <laughs> what are you talking about? First, okay, like, like Ironheart, like Rear yeah. Williams, Cass, Dominic Thorne. And they're they're going down that path. She has the suits, the tech. She's a genius. All this, and then you've got Armors Wars with Don Cheadle, James Rhodes in there leading that charge. Book from the late '80s, and then you've got freaking Secret Invasion with Fury and and Talos. You know, Nick Jackson and uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Right. And uh, did I say Nick Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Jackson. Nick Jackson. Well, yeah. Everybody knows exactly what you're it's saying. It's the same though. thing. The same guy. <laughs> Yeah. And then you've got really what they established in in Captain Marvel, right? The idea of a secret, not really the, the concept of secret invasion, but at least those two working together in some fashion. And it's about a sec of scrolls who've infiltrated every level of life on Earth. And yeah, he points at this being kind of to the same scale as Civil War, which was a humongous movie in the MCU. I like the concept that it's over six episodes or six like a TV series or what you want to call it there that we have, you know, three, four hours to play with this storyline. But the big question that sticks out to me is like, is this going to be an Avengers level threat or is this going to be, you know, Fury and Talos running around trying to figure this out? Like my guess is that through all of these shows and all of the feature films, they're going to start putting stuff in little, little hints. And this is going to be, as much as it wasn't revealed to be this, I've got a feeling that this is like your next big event style of film, but on Disney Plus. Like, this can't be introduced to Scrolls, the concept, and play it out in six episodes. Like, this is way too big for that. And how do you like? To me, there's something more here. But but like Troy, when you heard Secret Invasion, Ironheart, and Armor Wars, like, yeah. basically spit out in the last like two minutes. Like that that was that was. <laughs> 
a bit abrupt for me. And like, I, I was like, wait, secret invasion. Like, yeah. <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. It was really crazy. I was taken back. I wasn't expecting. Well, that you know what that goes, that speaks of this event itself. All these big bombs are dropping on us, mm-hmm. and it's just all like, wow, really? Like you're going there, um, Brian Michael Bendis. I believe did he introduce Ruby Williams to us in the yes, that Iron Man? In the Iron Man, and is, is is an awesome run. So that guy is 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 laughing because you know he's done Miles, obviously. I know he has Riri, who's you know making her uh, live action debut, and and I'm pretty sure when these guys, yeah, they must get some sort of oh, dough. Yeah. They must get some nice nice money coming in off of that kind of stuff. So He's good got job those for, and HBO's for Bendis. doing Naomi, which is his character too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, so this guy, this guy's the king right now. So um, no, going back to uh, Riri, I'm super excited because there's always been whispers, right? That are we going to yeah. get her, you know, in the next kind of film? Is she be the next like Iron Man movie, Iron Man four or whatever the case is. So I think this is a cool Avenue for her to go through um, TV and really explore the character. Um, and again, that's another one that I'm not super aware of. Like I've known her through that, that Bendis yeah. Iron Man invincible run, which was awesome. Um, so that'd be cool. Um, the secret wars though, man, that or secret invasion. That one is crazy because if you were to ask me, well, I guess before Disney Plus, obviously, I'm like, that's a big movie. That's that's your next big That's event. Avengers 5 or whatever, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's 5, 6, right? Easily. And um, it makes sense, though, coming off of, uh, well, Captain Marvel, Carlos's favorite movie. And then um, <laughs> Far From Home, obviously, that, that end stinger that we get. It makes a lot of sense that we will explore this through uh, the one eye of Nick Fury, which makes a lot of sense, actually, that this is kind of Nick Fury's mm-hmm. uh, kind of show. And... Um, yeah, you might have nailed it, man. That might be the whole big like uh, Disney Plus kind of event. Yeah. Or they're gonna weave it in and out into into the MCU. I'm I'm not too sure how they're gonna handle it, but you're right. They they can't do this in like one episode or or six episodes. This has to be really big, and this is when we can really turn things upside down with the heroes that we we think we love, and they've actually been yeah um, alien this whole time. Because that was the big shakeup. That was like the coolest thing with that yes. comic. Is when you're reading these comics, you're like, what Electra? No way! Like the Electra that I knew has been an alien this whole time, right? And that that was the big thing. And, and you know, going back to that cool cartoon of um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, yeah. when we find out that Cap this whole time has been um, a scroll. Uh, so. There's lots they do, but they they, they got to capitalize off it. They, they can't just rush through this. And I wouldn't expect them to. It's the MCU. They're they're the king of doing this kinds of stuff. So, um, and the Armored War ones, which features uh, Rhodey, yeah. right, I believe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's going to be pretty cool uh, to see how Don Cheadle kind of handles this whole thing. I, I, I feel it's going to be obviously probably more military-centric, I guess, right? Yeah, what so, they're doing with the suits and all that, like exactly. you know, the legacy of Tony Stark. I wouldn't be surprised if Riri's, Riri's in this as well. Yeah, and Hammer. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to something like uh, that, Hammer yeah. chasing that stuff. So that could be pretty cool as well, man. So all around, I'm excited, but it's it's probably it's probably Secret Wars. Secret Wars yeah. is the one that, or sorry, Secret Invasion. I keep going yeah, I can't. Wars. I don't even know if Jonathan I would. Hickman. You keep saying Secret Wars, and I know what you're talking about, and I yeah. can't remember back if I was saying Invasion or Wars or. <laughs> Yeah, Secret Invasion. I'm, I'm super stoked, man. Super stoked to see yeah. where they're going to do it. Just the switch ups, right? With the heroes. Yeah. I, I'm with you there on Secret Invasion. My my only disappointment, to be honest with you, is that the marketing for Secret Invasion as a feature film would have been yeah. incredible. Like mm-hmm. building this tension throughout the whole MCU for like 10 movies. Like, who do you trust? You guys remember that, right? Like, yeah. who do you trust? And yeah. like, you don't know who is a scroll and who is not. And I want them to find an ability to engage an audience in that way where it's like, you don't know if 
Falcon's a, a scroll? Is Wanda a scroll? Is She Hulk a scroll? Like they've got to find a way to build that tension into the storytelling. Yeah. And they have to do that before the actual secret invasion show. Like you have yeah. to be thinking that I don't know who's good and who's bad. That that was the whole like pillar of and the cornerstone of that whole event was that you didn't know who was actually a scroll and who wasn't. Right. And it'll be interesting too though, because I guess the, the scrolls that we all know now coming off of Captain Marvel and Spidey too is that they're good. Yeah. As opposed to in the comics, the scrolls have always been bad, right? Mm. The Kree have almost been looked at more of good yeah. than bad compared to the Let, scrolls. So yeah, let's see so how really, that goes. But it yeah. it's funny you say because he was very specific about saying a sect of scrolls. So it's okay. like maybe like a spin-off organization that is right. off doing their own thing, right? Not um, Talos. Yeah, not yeah. Talos. Like he's there yeah. seemed to be like opposing sides. Um right. which is cool because that was really something that got turned on its head in Captain Marvel was the fact that scrolls weren't actually the villains, right? Yeah. Um at least yeah. this part of them. But it only makes sense, right? Good and bad. It does just the scrolls aren't the scrolls, right? Like there's yeah. it's gonna be, you know, people who believe different things the same way they have that and have established that with the Kree as yeah. well, right? You have the extremists in Ronin and you have others that aren't. Um right. and so it's gonna be really cool to see that play out. Carlos, man, you said that Ironheart was a big hit in the house. Mm-hmm. And how about Armor Wars Secret Invasion? Like, what was your digestion on that? Yeah, you know, like, I, I'm on the same page as you guys that Secret Invasion is going to be an awesome project. But, but I'm on the complete other end of the spectrum as to the scope of this thing. I think it's going to be a smaller kind of buddy cop type feel show with um, Fury and Talos going and rooting out these scrolls and trying to subvert a major incident kind of thing. And I don't know that it's going to seed anything else. I think it'll be kind of a a really cool, really well done, but smaller, self-contained series. Like, who knows? That was just kind of the sense I got. Like, right away, I thought, buddy cop show. Mm. That's what this is going to be. Mendelssohn and Sam Jackson going about their business. It'll be, you got two phenomenal actors there. And um, yeah, I, I don't know that they'll use it to seed the next major event, but like the Captain Marvel movie you always wanted kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's funny you say that because it wasn't until the second time I rewatched it. Cause remember I text you guys, I was like, is th- like when they said armor wars, Riri and secret invasion, it was so quick. I was like, are these animation? Like, are, are these right. like actual shows or movies? Like I didn't, I didn't catch on the first cause it was so quick as to what exactly was. And it just like seek the way that secret invasion looked it looked like, you know, when they do like Earth's Mightiest Zero, Secret Invasion arc, right? And they have like half the, the, the show is the Secret Invasion arc. That's what I thought it was. And same with Riri in that. Like I thought I was like, okay, these are some animated thing that they're doing later on. And then you guys are like, no, 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 they're live action. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. small scale, like I picked up on that on the reveal. That's what I got off the reveal. But I don't want it to be that. <laughs> yeah. That, and it, that was just kind of my first blush sense. Armor Wars, man. I hate Armor Wars, but it's for strictly personal reasons, kind of like Troy with like this Avengers run. When I was growing up, like my best buddy, we go to his cabin and I was reading all these amazing comic books and he's like this huge Iron Man stand. He's like, oh, dude, Armor Wars, you got Armor Wars. It's amazing. And I was like, dude, this is the same garbage every single issue. It's like, oh, this guy comes, beats up Tony Stark. He's like, oh, shoot, I got to make better armor. He like tweaks his stuff and it's like, boom. 
And I'm like, this is nothing. And I'm like reading Neil Gaiman, Sandman, and <laughs> Jim Aparo and Denny O'Neill on Batman. And I was like, this is garbage comics. Like, stop. Stop trying to force these armor wars on me. So that's just a personal thing. It's not Feige's fault, but my hype is zero for armor wars. Yeah. It sounds but cool. I think if they really lean into the fact that it's going to be Rhodey protecting Tony's legacy, mm-hmm. and he's the guy that's got to step up and... Um, maintain the integrity of all things Iron Man, that's going to be awesome. And like I said, the hype was real for Riri mm-hmm. as Ironheart. Like, I, I think that's going to be a cool show, man. And if it's kind of this legacy character that's not going to be the little kid from Iron Man 3, but this gal on her own who does this almost in honor of Tony Stark Iron Man, but without any of his trappings, kind of like Steel was in the Superman comics, where it's like, Superman inspired me to be a hero, but that's the only connection we have. Mm-hmm. Everything else is self-made, doing it on my own kind of thing. So if they lean into that type of story with Riri, I think it'd be I think, pretty cool. I think they have to go that way. Like yes, yeah. and that's where it was in con- in the comics too when they introduced her. Right, like she was off doing her own thing, and so it wasn't like she inherited Stark's armor or got the key. Like they could have went this way with they did it with Peter Parker and Far From Home was like here's the glasses and here's the armor and you're the true like you're inheriting all of this right like i agree with you it has to be separate from tony stark it just yeah like if she's cool self-made i think it would be neat to have like the kid from iron man 3 being like her man in the chair mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like cool you're not you're not the heir apparent and you're not the hero but you're you're the guy that can come and fix her gear when yeah cool. <laughs> when she's working on other stuff kind of thing so that would be cool. that works a lot yeah that might be a neat way to to integrate it so that that one out of those three has my most hype and uh, Armor Wars, like, it's whatever. That'll that, be a game <laughs> did, time decision. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that there was that animosity with Armor Wars. And, like, I haven't read it for, God, years. But it, uh, it's, it's going to be intriguing to see what they have. And I think that at that point, they have any legacy MCU character that's left has got his own TV show now, his or her own TV show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, everyone's yeah. got something going for them, which is, which is pretty cool. And that's just Disney Plus, guys. That is just Disney Plus. There's also the feature side of all this. And one thing that Feige was very specific on was using the word theatrical release, feature film. They did not announce in any capacity that any of these, any of the films that had been previously announced, including Black Widow, would find its way onto Disney Plus day and date with the feature release. They seemed hard and fast sticking to that May 7th for Black Widow line in the sand so that didn't come forward at all. That wasn't day and date release with Disney Plus. This is going to be a theatrical release. We'll see, I guess. Like I think in any scope, it's going to be pushed out because it has to be because they got to kick this thing off in some way, <laughs> and they got to get started getting these movies out. So we've got that there, and then I'm just going to rattle off a few here, guys. We're going to have a bit of a roundtable with this. We've got Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. This one becomes more and more and more interesting every time they talk about it. We've got Elizabeth Olsen there reprising the role of Wanda in that they're adding America Chavez, which is a great character that was introduced, I think, in 2010 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, re- uh, first representation, Latina American, LGBTQ character, which is, which is really great to see, again, that diversification of what they're doing with representation there. And they've got this actually connecting up to Spider-Man. That was the only mention of Spider-Man in this whole event. He gone. He gone. <laughs> <laughs> Only mention, and it's the one of three movies coming out next year. That that 
we'll talk about that in a minute because I found that like a purposeful omission because of all the stuff we talked about last week. <laughs> and I was, I was in the Abby. Yeah, Abby. Abby. Yeah, it was Abby. <laughs> and then we've got Shang-Chi, which just wrapped filming, which is, I didn't even know they're that far along. And that's dropping next year, July 9th. We've got Eternals. Again, something that we've talked about in the past. Wasn't a whole lot revealed on either of those two properties. They did talk about the cast and the diversity of the cast, but no, no sizzle and no real look beyond what we knew about what that movie or those movies were going to be. We're going to see Eternals next November. And then we've got Captain Marvel 2, which we've touched on here. Um, we'll, we'll get into some of the details there. And then, of course, before we get into some of the other ones, we've got Thor Love and Fun Thunder that's adding Batman, Christian Bale, as Gore the God Butcher. Um, so pulling on Jason Aaron's storyline there, which is going to be pretty cool. So, Carlos, man, out of those films I just mentioned, let's talk about some of the highlights there. Well, like For the theatrical side of the MCU, they are doing very different films than they've done in the past. They're introducing a lot of new characters with the Eternals, Shang-Chi, and then really diving into and diversifying the uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And that movie sounds like it's going to be crazy. Yeah, man. I'm digging what I'm feeling here. Like, the only one that I'm kind of take or leave is the Eternals. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that it's been done for so long, but we haven't seen even, like, here's what these characters look like in costume. Aside from... The Legends. (laughs) Yeah. Aside from the Legends that got (laughs) accidentally shipped, we haven't seen anything from that, which is maybe a bit concerning. Like... Come on, like, um, Matt Reeves was filming the Batman for 20 days. and <laughs> We got a full trailer. <laughs> I watched that trailer five times. No exaggeration today. So, like, if that guy could pull that out, like, come on. Give me, like, yeah. just a taste of the Eternals. Like, honestly, they could have even just shown us still pictures of the characters. Mm-hmm. They have It's done. The, the movie is done. It was yeah. supposed to come out. Like, it's done. So, you know? Yeah, you haven't done anything to build my hype, and I got no hype for the Eternals. So... It is what it is. Um, Shang-Chi, I'm super interested in this movie. With mm-hmm. some of the things they've teased out with, he's going to be um, fundamentally tied to the Ten Rings and that that's yes. where the conflict is going to be arising out of. Um, I'm pretty hyped for that. And it's like we had to get our furnace serviced a few weeks ago and uh dude rolled up to my house and we had an amazing geek out session and he was an Asian-Canadian dude. And man, he took my hype level for Shang-Chi to another level kind of thing. Awesome. So it was pretty cool. He, he dug all my swag in the house and cleaned half my my events for free. So that was awesome. <laughs> so thank you, Shang-Chi. Um, so that that built my hype for that movie. And uh, yeah, you know, like I'm actually rereading the God of Thor or God of Thunder storyline from Jason Aaron right mm-hmm. now. And uh, so cool. So like good. the the way they laced in the God Killer and I, I loved Ragnarok a lot. Um, it's one of my favorite MCU movies. But it's like that storyline, it, it has a seriousness and an earnestness to it that I almost wonder if I want Taika to be the guy mm-hmm. handling it. Um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Jojo Rabbit was my favorite movie last year. So um, he's got me. But I, I don't know. There, there's just, like I said, his sensibilities might not be suited for the material because I think there's a an excellent Marvel film there with gore and some of the motivations that he has and the journey that Thor goes on. Um, and, and I don't think that we'll see all of that 
even just based on the fact that it's Love and Thunder and that Jane Foster's version of the character is there where she wasn't in that particular storyline. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But it's like Taika's earned the benefit of the doubt with even his non-Marvel movies, let alone the stuff that he's done there. So, yeah, I'm there for it. So out of those films, despite being a, a fan of the Doctor Strange stuff, that one's probably top of the heap for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, that one's a real standout is what they're doing there and having Christian Bale on board. Again, I don't know what the character is going to look like. Like, I don't know if you hide <laughs> Christian Bale behind a whole bunch of stuff. And like, he's a great actor. He's a real physical actor, I find. And so, like, Gord doesn't look like Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, so. no. That's dangerous, man. That guy might go get some, like, surgical implants and some like Botox and whatnot yeah. to distort his face, yeah. the depths that he goes through for his characters. Yes. Right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what he'll do. Troy, what about you? Those, that swath of movies I mentioned, there is basically going to be our next two years of feature films. We're mm. seeing, you know, starting with black widow and then moving into Shang-Chi Eternals next year, the following year, multiverse of madness, captain Marvel two mm. and Thor love and thunder. That's going to really fill us out for the next couple of years. Yeah. Those six films. And it's a, a good slate, and then you layer that in with what they're seeing on Disney Plus. Like, yeah. there's once a month we're going to be talking about the MCU, <laughs> and not just news. <laughs> yeah, no, you know it, it's good times, man. No, for me, um, like I mentioned before, I'm um, knowing now with uh, Kamala Khan having a presence in Captain Marvel two, and um, as much as I, I don't want to say I hated Captain Marvel one, but um, I feel like there's potential, and I, I'm a, I really do like Brie Larson. I liked what she brought to the table in Endgame a lot. I felt like there they kind of figured out how to handle her and um i'm excited as hell to see her in captain marvel 2 um as as well with miss marvel in the mix so captain marvel 2 is right up there for me and um god butcher man come on love and thunder i love love jason aaron's run Mm -hmm. on thor it's uh it's really what got me into thor in the first place and uh natalie portman she she, she's a good actress uh let alone what i said about her in uh Viva Vendetta. Um, I think she is she is solid, man. I mean, she's Oscar winner, right? So to see her as Jane Foster, which is also another awesome core, uh, Thor comic book, uh, Gore is a wicked, wicked villain. And I think um, Bale's going to have a lot of fun in this role because this is going to be a time when he actually gets to do some kind of uh, mocap. I think he's definitely going to... Um, yeah, they're definitely going to have to mocap I him, think so. obviously, to make him look... And and, he, and that's probably one of the cool things about it is that he probably was interested to take a role on like that and do something different outside of him, um, you know, dropping X amount of weight or gaining a lot of weight. So to see his dynamic against um, Natalie Portman and also Chris Hemsworth, it's it's going to be cool. Hopefully we get the three Thors, which yes. would be really cool. That's what I want. Thor, yes. Right? Uh, main Thor and then... Uh, King God Thor, like, oh, that's gonna be so like they have to throw that in there. Yeah, future Thor, be, man, like with the arm yeah. and the eye pad, like they gotta yeah, do that, man. And then like the arrogance of the younger yes. Thor, like, yeah, that's Hems- and Hemsworth cool. can do all of that, like, really well, hundred percent, hundred percent, he could do all that. So uh I'm super stoked. I th- that one for me is probably top of the list. Uh, and what's the other one that we uh they, they mentioned there too? uh eternals isn't doing it for me at all sorry like, I've, well, I've checked out you know I, I i've been the forever like defender of it but yeah. this was a great opportunity to show the first trailer for eternals yeah. the movie's done i'm certainly you have two minutes of like again trailer, i wanted it still show yeah, me still what, yeah one you, guy you weren't like. asking much one guy that's all show me one freaking guy <laughs> and again to your point they've been filming miss marvel for like eight minutes <laughs> you know and they put yes. a scissor reel with actual scenes in it yeah 
<laughs> so sorry, Troy. Let me just cut you off there. No, no, no. That's that's fine, man. Like that, it's better that way. It's better because I got nothing good to say about Eternals at all. So uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> oh man, yeah. It's what what a slate of films. You know, I think for for me, Shang Chi rings at the top there. I don't know a ton about that side of Marvel comics, um, but I'm intrigued. I know the the actor is Sim Liu. Um, he is super invested and had fan casted himself like years ago for this role. And I, I like that idea of an actor embracing and embodying and owning the role, both on screen and off screen. And he seems like someone that's going to, is going to be really doing that. Good old Canadian boy. Yes, he is, man. Uh, yes, he is. And then uh, Dr. Strange, Multiverse of Madness, you know, on top of Thor and Love and Thunder. Yes, of course, like a type of a TD, all that, but the Multiverse of Madness has is, is got me intrigued and the explicitness of it's tying into WandaVision and Spider-Man, which comes out December of next year, a year from now, it, it intrigues me and it really starts to lead into the, you know, what we we're talking about last week and all the casting rumors and all that. We're going to see some of that in the Multiverse of Madness, which comes out, yes, after Spider-Man, but they made it sound like it was coming out before. Um, and the absence of the, the purposeful omission of Spider-Man really makes me think that all of that stuff we talked about last week is actually true. That like, they're just, we're just not going to acknowledge this as, as said of this, like slight tip of the hat to this multiverse type of stuff to me, like that's all happening. Spider-Verse is happening and we're just going to leave the Sony stuff out of this. Like, and I don't know if that was like, maybe they're handcuffed that they couldn't really talk about Sony stuff, like Sony partners stuff in there. But I don't think they've shied away from that in the past. So it uh, it just seemed weird to me that we're going like well into 2022, 2023 with some of the shows. And we're not going to talk about the th- one of the three films that are coming out next year um, at this event. So we'll see. I'm, I'm super intrigued by all that. But then the last four films. Well, I guess there's Blade. There wasn't. He just basically said, yeah, Mashara Ali is, is getting ready and we're, we're doing something. It's coming, guys. They, they really didn't put too much behind that. But uh, the next three films, Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, Quantumania, I think it was called, full cast returning. We've got Cassie Lang. We've got Kang the Conqueror confirmed um, coming to that that movie, which which I'm super stoked about. We've got Black Panther 2, an update on that, July 8th, 2022. Kevin Feige said we're not recasting Bozeman. T'Challa, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do to exit him. And I know there's been some conjecture online about that choice, about T'Challa, the character, being larger than any one actor in that. And and the passing of Bozeman is still very, very raw for, for I think, the, the fandom and I think probably for the Marvel family there. And so they, they drew that line in the sand. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with it. That was the decision they made, and they want to honor that character and that actor in that way. And I'm sure they'll do something quite fantastic because Coogler's still on board writing it. Um, I was a bit worried that with the passing of Bozeman that Coogler was actually going to hand off the reins and say that he just can't do this. He needs to separate himself from it. He's too emotionally invested in the character and with Chadwick that he was going to step away from the project. So I was encouraged that Coogler is still there. Um, and I'm encouraged that whatever Coogler does is going to be the right thing for the character of T'Challa, Black Panther, and of course, Chadwick Boseman. So I'm going to I'm gonna run with, with their recommendation and what they're doing there because uh, I'm interested and intrigued as to what their next steps are and, and carrying on the legacy that, that Boseman laid down in that character and in that universe. Really, Feige pointed to the idea of, of expanding, exploring Wakanda as a character too, um, which is something I think we, we do need. And then, of course, the big reveal, guys. You know, almost as nonchalant as, as everything else. Oh, yeah. 
the first family of Marvel, Fantastic Four is coming from John Watts. Again, they clearly have been listening to the podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Why do you pick John Watts to do that, the director of your Spider-Man movies? Because you listen to the Nerd Room yes. podcast. Yes. And we laid it out for you last year, I think, was yeah. the first time, maybe. But, uh, yeah, we spoon-fed that to you. So there best be some residual checks there, Kevin. Hey, I'll just take an EP credit, man. <laughs> that's right that's right i'll take that zack snyder executive producer credit yeah exactly uh carlos man run with this man run with ant-man 3 uh black panther 2 and fantastic four are here uh out of those like fantastic four you guys know i love the ff i'm pretty sure i wrote the story treatment for it yes, so you, did. You, <laughs> you know how i feel about that but uh yeah, I'll be curious to see what they do with the FF. The casting of the FF has mm-hmm. me excited. There's a few different ways they can yes. go with it. I'm kind of hoping that they go with um, a non-traditional actor for at least Reed, if not Reed, Sue, and Johnny. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens. Like Troy put it in my head that Dev Patel is the is mm-hmm. the guy for Reed Richards, and I'm like, hey, the most brilliant physicist on the world. He's got to be an Indian guy, so let's go with it. Well, there was a, another it. guy that you were kind of supporting there online. What was oh, his? yeah, Raul. He he played Ravi on iZombie. Yeah, but he's he's got a similar look to Dev Patel, and he's huge fanboy. Yeah, huge well, fanboy. And the, there's the rumors that he was going to be Ezra for a bit as well um, in yeah. Star Wars, and and I like it. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of Krasinski in that role, but once I started looking at like at Dev and at this other guy. I was like, this works for me. Like, I'm I'm in. Like, it works for me to, to change this up a little bit. I think it's time to evolve the characters, right? Yeah. And and bringing in someone like that, I, I think it's great. Yeah, like the thing with John, like he and he's a great actor, and there's he's got the physicality for it mm-hmm. and everything else. But it's like it's just another kind of older Caucasian it's... male. Like he it's like Tony Stark and he's um uh, Doctor Strange, and it's kind of like of a piece with a bunch of characters that we've seen already and but, what a great way to make a mark with exactly. and distinguish Reed Richards by just, you know, making him making him brown guy. And it's not like there's a ton of South Asian characters in the MCU. Not so. at all. And like, to be honest with you, Krasinski feels like, you know, Evans tagged in Krasinski, right? Like, like yeah. it's like you lose one guy, you just you know, like, they're, they're not. And like, I know Krasinski went for, almost got the role of Captain America and that. And I, I'm a big fan of his, but, I really do think it's time, and I think the first family of Marvel would it's, yeah. it's a great way to do it. Yeah, yeah, and Raul, he's he's a cool actor. Like he did some pretty dynamic things on iZombie, and he's got great comedic timing, and he can play the role pretty seriously too, because that character went through mm-hmm. a few things on that show. So, yeah, he'd be great. And and like, what else can you say about Dev Patel? Like yeah. he was Oscar nominated actor, right? Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I, I'd like to see them go that route with it. And we already got your story laid out. So check it's, out it's there. old episodes of The Nerd yeah. Room and it is there. It is there. Tom Holland Spider-Man is going to sacrifice himself to pull FF out of the negative zone and you're going to have a fully formed FF there ready with, to rock. With that so. Baxter building that he's been swinging through for the last two movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, that's that one. And... Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Black Panther 2. I'm with you. Kind of like how I treat Tom Holland Spider-Man in that, you know, maybe he's not the Spider-Man of record, but he is the Spider-Man of 
the MCU and of this version of the Marvel Universe. Um, yeah, T'Challa will live forever, and the character is bigger than any one actor, but T'Challa in this universe is Chadwick Boseman, and if the right call for the people involved in the telling of those stories is for that character to move on with Chadwick Boseman, yeah, so be it. Like, I'm, I'm cool with it. There's already precedent for other people taking on the mantle of the Black Panther. And um, I, I think you could tell a, a good, very respectful story with that. And I, I love that Kugler is still the man yeah. doing it, right? Like, those guys had a pretty special relationship. And I think Bozeman had a pretty special relationship with a lot of people at Marvel. So, um, yeah, this feels like the right play. Yeah, for I sure. Think so. so I think so. And in Quantumania. Which is like a mouthful, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's an Ant Man movie. I'm stoked for Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> you're fierce. You're beautiful. I've I've loved you since I was in junior high school. So a forever affair. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Mrs. Pym returns. So let's. Uh, I'll peg my sixteen fifty or whatever it is on uh, going to see. Going to see my Michelle in that movie, kind of thing. Proper wasp, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Proper wasp. <laughs> I mean, you try, man. These these three yeah. films that will likely be it's 2022, 2023 for I believe at least the Black Panthers two has been lying in the sand for 2022, but the other two are probably 23. Oh yeah, man! No, Fantastic Four. Come on, this is this is awesome. We've been talking about this for a minute since that cool theory was thrown at us with the Baxter Building being mm-hmm. bought out. Um, or sorry, the Avengers Tower being bought out by um, either Norman Osborn or the Fantastic Four. And I'm cool with either or, but Fantastic Four looks like they got the first bid. Uh, <laughs> so I'm <laughs> I'm super stoked to see that man. And yeah, for sure, Div Patel, man, I'd love to see him play Reed Richards. I think that'd be so cool. Um, he could bring so much, uh, pun intended, brilliance to the character, actually. And um, I think you could also kind of portray like a coldness of like a guy that's caught up on his experiments and his mm-hmm. work that he's cut off from the rest of the people and the loved ones around him. I think he could really bring that and it'd be, it'd be pretty cool, man. Um, so I'm totally excited for that. And of course, John Watts, cause this guy is yes. giving me some of the best Spider-Man movies of all time, Spider-Man one and two, uh, far from home and homecoming. So I would love to see him throw his DNA from that film into the fantastic four and finally get a good fantastic four film. So, I think that's a wicked move by Kevin Feige and the rest of the people at the uh, the MCU studios. So on board with that. Um, the Chadwick Boseman, man, you know, to be honest, for me, I'm kind of on the opposite end. Um, I don't feel like there's a wrong answer, but I kind of feel like T'Challa, he's a, he's a massive character. And I'm kind of one of those guys that's obviously it's it, I'm saddened by what's happened. But I feel like an, another way to honor the role is to continue mm-hmm. the character and to let another person kind of shine. Um, not necessarily shine for that person, but to just keep that tradition and that character everlasting, you know, because what he, what Chadwick Boseman brought to that role of uh, T'Challa was huge and brought to such a bigger audience. And I feel like we can continue that going forward. And um, I don't want to see some kind of weird route. Like I'm a Michael B guy all day, but I've, I've, I've seen these theories out there. Of they could Michael do B. that. 
And it just that that kills me. That that absolutely kills me if they're to do that to bring a villain into the role of your your king of Wakanda. It just it just it makes no sense. And I'm not saying that's what they're gonna do. I've just been seeing those theories. Yeah. And I just gotta like destroy those. I think that's those those just don't work. There's a real opinion. possibility, you know, given yeah. Google's relationship with Michael B. And yeah, it, it's a character that had an off-screen death in yeah. Black Panther, and. Yeah you know, a reformed villain in the, in that role. It's, it's not out of the question. I don't think for, for, yeah. for me, like in a comic book, it works, but it, to me, it's just like bringing Bucky in the MCU. Who's known as a terrorist to be like, that's your new captain yeah. America. It's like the world's like, wait, this guy has gone on to do this and he's your captain America. Exactly. Much like Killmonger has been around doing all these terrorist acts. And now he's like the king of yeah. Wakanda. <laughs> so again, like a comic book, it works for me. Um, but for for the MC, what they have established, it doesn't. And I've heard other theories that they pick a Killmonger from another universe in there, which is another weird one. Yeah. Um, and obviously, yeah. Shuri's obviously a big possibility too, right? They could always bring mm-hmm. her into the mix. But again, the, the Shuri that they have in this universe is a lot different than yes. the one in the comic books too. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this for sure. Especially, yeah. um, it, it, you know what's good though is that we do have Ryan Coogler who is uh, running the show on this one, so I have all the trust in him mm-hmm. to handle it properly. So, yeah, man. But obviously, I'm excited to see Black Panther two yeah. and Fantastic Four, man, big yeah. time. And I, I think with with the Bozeman thing, I think your point there of like there really isn't a wrong answer. Yeah, like I yeah. think that however they do it, they're going to treat it with care, and whether yeah. they choose to go the route that they've said. Um, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner with that statement. Um, it's going to be difficult to walk that back. But at the same time, you know, recasting and, and carrying on the legacy of the character, it's there, right? And like I said, I agree with you. There's no wrong answer. And I'm happy for them to to make that decision, right? They're the best people to make that decision at this yeah. point. And then we'll see where it goes, right? It, I don't think it... It's a, it's a difficult statement to walk back from. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, leave it there. Yeah, yeah. The Killmonger so. thing is weird for me because I think if you have that, it yeah. undermines the entire first movie. Hundred percent. And just the like you had that guy as the king of Wakanda already. Yeah. And you saw what his mm-hmm. worldview and and his mindset was, right? So uh, that the Wakandans rejected that and that T'Challa overcame that to just bring him in because real world circumstances Mm -hmm. dictated it i think is is disrespectful to the story you told in the first film yeah so yeah yeah. it's it's gonna be hard right and there was like they didn't walk back any of that even at the end like when he died it was like about seeing the sunset right it wasn't like Killmarker came around and said okay i agree with you you know t'challa we should this is how it should be done it was like i know i'm gonna die so let me like see that sunset you know so yeah. it, it's a tough one, but yeah. uh, nonetheless, it's it's carrying forward, and it's good to see that the, the franchise is going to move forward too, because I think it's yeah. it's a cornerstone of the MCU, right? Definitely. And yeah. and they need that to to progress. I think the the stories that that need to be told, and and it's an avenue to do that. And like you guys both said, and like I said, Coogler is is the guy to do that, yeah. and I'm happy he's still on board. So a, a wild wrap up for Marvel guys, like. <laughs> That that is absolutely insane, and we got to get over to Star Wars here. <laughs> I know, so I'm just gonna throw it out there. We're moving to Star Wars, and that's fine. But y'all are gonna get some hate mail. Actually, all three of us from our boy Grabzer because the Quantum Mania didn't see the love. But let's, let's <laughs> yeah, move on to a Galaxy. Far, far we gotta away. get to the Galaxy Quantum Mania. Right? So you're good still. Yeah, it, it's it, it's happening. It's gonna be there. But 
it's uh it's so far out and the speculation on it's gonna be so difficult because let's, let's see some of this stuff and i'm, I'm sure quantum mania no problem it, it, it'll have its day it'll have its, its time to shine but right now we're gonna get over to, to galaxy far far away because this is another wild time like <laughs> we went from okay the mandos is the cornerstone of star wars now it is it is kind of the thing you know we've talked about some of the rumors and there was an obvious backdoor pilot for ahsoka built into chapter 14 of course yep. and this concept of the rangers of the new republic there's i haven't really until they said this is like okay yeah they've definitely been seeding some of this stuff in the Mandalorian, but we've got like this Favreau Filoni universe that they've announced. They've, they've got this concept of going back into the comfortable star Wars timeframe or comfortable Star Wars era with things like Lando and Andor. And we'll, we'll talk about where rogue squadron sits. I'm not too, I'm not sure where that sits in the timeline, but you've got a droid story. It also sits there. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, so we've got some of this stuff shifting backwards into that's you know previously established kind of george lucas timeline if you want to call it that or era at least where his creative mind really really seeded and and nucleated a lot of what we're going to see here on disney plus but then we've got things like the acolyte we've got you know this felony favreau thing um that are pushing now the limits of star wars into new eras and we've got new creatives on board that are these these really strong firm kind of creative types that are going to be bringing new and dynamic stories to the this galaxy far, far away, Taika Waititi and, and Patty Jenkins, which I'm sure popped your house big, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so let, let's kick this thing off with discussion on the feature film side of things. So Lucasfilm themselves have been hyper-focused on Star Wars since they were really bought out by by Disney. But they're starting to expand that remit a little bit. And we're not going to spend too much time on this, but we're going to be getting an Indy 5 with Harrison Ford coming out in July of 2022. So really ending that character, putting that bookend to that. I don't know if they're going to pass the mantle or what, but we've got a, I don't even, how old is Ford? 75? 70 something in that space. So we got a, you know, very old dude doing the the rough and tumble, gritty Indy 5 stuff. Uh, which would be really interesting. They're doing, uh, they've bought rights to a book called Children of the Blood and Bone. Now, I have no idea really what this is about, but it's interesting that Lucasfilm is taking a step outside of their established properties. Um, and, you know, the big thing here for the feature stuff outside of, of the new stuff they're doing that Kathleen Kennedy was really pushing this aspect, especially in the feature space, into a new feature era. Like going in and doing different storytelling in what I hope to be a different era, right? Like let's move on with this. And the first one they featured from a, a big screen sort of debut was the Taika Waititi stuff. She was very specific about saying it's fresh, it's unexpected, it's unique, it's Taika Waititi, right? And then they threw up this really weird logo, this old school, I believe it was from, I can't, is it from the old Boba Fett? Like the the cartoon that was in the Christmas special, maybe. Oh, the holiday special. Okay. Yeah, holiday special. Yeah. 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 Um, so we knew Taika Waititi was on board here, and we knew what he was going to bring. But like Troy, like seeing yeah. Waititi, and then of course Patty Jenkins filling this yeah. role, directorial role, bringing the story to Rogue Squadron. This is the future, and that is going to be the first film we see. The Patty Jenkins, like who knew, guys? Oh. How many films have they announced? 
And the first film that we're going to see in 2023, the next feature from Star Wars, next, I guess, three Christmases from now, is going to be a Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron film. Yeah. So so they they framed out what the the, the theatrical releases for Star Wars is going to look like. Hmm. Taika Waititi and a Patty Jenkins film. Trey, how, how are you feeling about the future of Star Wars? Because there's a lot of stuff going on in Disney Plus, and we're going to get to that. Yeah. But the bread and butter of Star Wars has always been the theatrical, the cinematic experience. Definitely. And that seems to be playing kind of backseat right now for at least story development in Star Wars. Yeah, no, you know what? Um, these announcements, man, for the first time in a while, they feel concrete. Yes. Like, I don't feel like we're going to back out anytime soon and we're going to get director changes or any of that stuff. I feel like this is legit. Um, and for me, you know, I remember playing the, the Squadron games on the GameCube. Um, and they're, 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 they're fantastic. They're amazing. And thanks to Carlos, I, you know, I got those again and, um, and then I kind of fell off. I've never been the biggest, uh, ship person when it comes to star Wars. I've always been more on the lightsabers and the Jedi's, the force, the Sith. Um, and then when I saw the trailer, uh, Patty talking about her father being a, a fighter pilot, um, um, and and how she talked about I think his passing too, serving the country, and you could see the passion in her eyes and how she's always wanted to tell this kind of story. And I was like, boom, like I'm all in. I didn't see anything, anything Star Wars related. I was just listening to her and watching her go in about this um, this this passion of hers that she's been wanting to do for so long. And I was like, this is the right person to do it. I'm all in. I told you guys actually, I was so excited actually watching her do this that it made me more excited for the Wonder Woman 84 movie <laughs> itself. Because I was like, wow, like I'm 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 invested, man. That actually for me uh overtook Taika. And I was excited after seeing Taika's um episode, the final episode of season one yeah. of The Mandalorian. And I was like, okay, he's doing a movie. Cool. Great. And then Patty stole the show for me on this one, man. I can't wait to see a Star Wars film that's based around the rogues. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the games, but it's basically obviously the ships. And I would like to see that era, whether it's going to be... I wouldn't be surprised actually if it's probably between episodes like Empire and Return of the Jedi. Because that's yeah. kind of an unexplored time. So that'd be pretty cool to see. Um, who knows? Maybe we get like... Um, Poe's parents in there because I believe one of them was a pilot. I think it was, I think they both were pilots. I think uh, yeah. Poe's mom and dad were both it's pilots. On the tip so. of my tongue because I know in Return of the Shh. no, yeah, because it's Return of the Jedi or the comic Shattered Empire. Actually Shattered Empire, yeah, um, that happened after. But I think they are in recent comic books, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yeah, they're in the. I think they're in the Star Wars. Yeah, the book Star Wars run. Yeah, with Charles Soule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That takes place after Empire. Yeah. There. So, um, yeah, man, I'm I'm totally on board. I can't wait to see it. And Taika's thing, man. Yeah, like that looks crazy. Like I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool that Star Wars is going to follow through and let them do that. Because I mean, for all we know, we we could have maybe had something similar to this with, um, uh. Chris Lord and Phil Miller, right? Yeah. Doing the solo. That could have been something a little different. So uh, I'm all in, man. Can't wait. Can't yeah, wait. Yeah. These two creatives, Carlos, that are coming on board here. Taika Waititi, we know what he can do. We know what he's going to deliver. It's going to be something that is very different from the stories that we're used to. And I think it, it's time for that. But Patty Jenkins, man, this this caught me off guard. And oh, totally. The, the little featurette that she had, speaking about, like you said, Troy, her relationship and looking for a film that she could explore and honor her father through. And then her walking away and putting on the X-Wing suit towards oh. the X-Wing. Like, it was yeah. so cool. And I agree with you, man. This 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 popped me big. 
in yeah. when in the reveal and I was like, whoa, like this is yeah. this is a huge get for for Lucasfilm here. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that she's doing it because it's uh she's motivated and she's driven and it's like a passion project for her and she's doing it to honor her father, like that was that was amazing for me. And she talks about just wanting like it seems like she would have done Top Gun if mm-hmm. the opportunity presented itself. Yeah. And maybe she was offered it, but it, the project wasn't right. And that she's been looking for the right thing. She knows what she wants to do. And she's known for a long time what she's wanted to do. And that she landed on this project with Lucasfilm is amazing to me. And she's such a such an incredible director. And the things that she draws out of her performers and how she manages them is amazing. And I think there's lots of eras that you could play with with the Rogue Squadron. I don't want it to be kind of a a singular piece of the lore that we know kind of what happens before and we know what happens after. I'd like it to be in kind of this mm-hmm. ambiguous space that you guys are talking about where they can give her a bit of more freedom and her movie doesn't have to necessarily lead into a seminal event that everybody knows and loves that it can um, have its own space for her to play in. And, and yeah, like that, that little teaser or whatever it was where she just kind of spoke about why she's making this movie totally had me sold that. And we got some mileage out of my wonder woman, loving wife, (laughs) Nissan rogue driving wife, um, (laughs) her favorite director doing, uh, doing this movie. And like the fact that she's the rogue squadron has been a joke ever since, um, uh, rogue one came out kind of thing because, (laughs) it was her buddies that we were going to go see the movie with. And I was like texting back and forth. And I was like, yeah, rogue leader has us all loaded up and we're on our way to the theater. So yeah, she's been the rogue leader for a long time. So it's That's only hilarious. appropriate in my That's house. Amazing. that Patty taken on the, the reins of that movie. <laughs> it It's, you know, you're saying about when it should take place. And it's, it got me thinking like, I would almost like this to be post return of the Jedi. Like, yeah. That's the Rangers of the New Republic kind of thing. It's yeah. like maybe if this is the movie that leads into it. Or just like the Rangers are the the people on the ground and these are the ones that are chasing around the remnants of the Empire maybe. Yeah. Like cuz I I kind of agree with you having it in in where they're not building into something like we know where we're going with Rogue Squadron if it happens between Empire and Return. Like they got to be in the Battle of Endor, right? The same way with Rogue One. Fantastic movie. <clears throat> Love it. But we knew where it was going, right? Like they they had to get the plans and then those plans eventually become the MacGuffin of I Do Hope. And so it'd be nice, yeah, to have the ability to do this. And if this is really well done, to continue with a character or a group of characters beyond the Battle of Endor. And, like, you could really do it one before, one after. But it'd be nice to get, you know, Star Wars is a franchise in itself. And I think as we talk through this, we're going to see how the era jumping is going to be a bit difficult for people as it's been in the past. Like where does this film follow up this? Because we've been trained by Marvel studios <laughs> to, to watch things linearly and say, this film builds to this, 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 and this. And they've, yeah, they've stepped back a couple times, but this is like what could be way in the future or wherever this could be back a little bit. And then the shows are going to be kind of disjointed a little bit. And so you're not going to have that through line where everything, and it doesn't have to be that, right? Like DC is, is great at this, that it's about, uh, what is it? What it, the quality over continuity Char- or character, character over continuity. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be all connected like, like the MCU, but it's going to be interesting to see how they place some of these features because 
these two seem like, and I agree with you, Troy, this is the first time I'm confident that we're going to see that film. Like it's going to be Patty Jenkins, December, 2023. That is the film we're going to see rogue squadron. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's good. It, it's, it's, it's great to see that, that they've solidified that, that the, the bread and butter, like I said, of Star Wars being that cinematic experience is, is got a path now. And they're driving towards that because Star Wars really is going to be all about Disney Plus for the next couple of years. They're really expanding their scope of storytelling in Disney Plus and utilizing this six episode, this longer form storytelling to leverage out this universe that they're building. And the first place they're doing that is the Filoni and Favreau timeline universe, whatever you want to call it. The pair of them have established something very, very special with the Mandalorian. We've been talking about it for weeks. We've got our get vocal session here, guys, in just a couple days. We're going to break down the last couple episodes, the season finale of two. And we're really going to kind of elaborate on potentially what's next, because with these announcements, not only the success of the Mandalorian, the scissor reel showed here, we're getting season three next, uh, next Christmas time, 2021, but we're also getting two new shows that are going to be running concurrently and built into the same time frame as the Mandalorian with Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic. And the thing that I love about this is that these are going to be interwoven stories to some degree, and they're going to culminate in a cinematic story event, which I don't know if it's a Disney plus feature or if it's a show or if they're running concurrently, if it's one of the shows kind of like CW does each show gets a piece of it and they have one separate one. Don't know. But this is cool that they're building like this own little universe here. And the foundation being Mandalorian season one and season two, like Mm -hmm. you can't build off a better rock than that. Right. (laughs) Like (laughs) Troy, like we got a Soka live action own TV show. We knew this was coming, but to have a title card and it firmed up, it's got to feel good to see that Ahsoka story continuing, man. Oh, some of the best news of the day when that appeared. You know, I think we we pretty much speculated that yeah. she's going to get her own show after her popping into the Mandalorian, and that was, that was still my favorite episode of the series. Um, you don't hire Rosario Dawson to do a cameo; you give her a show or you give her a movie, and I'll take either or from her. Uh, she nailed the role, and I can't wait to see six or seven or eight or ten episodes of her <laughs> going at it. Um, I'm just blown away. I feel like we're really going to tie up probably the Thrawn and the Ezra yes. stuff all on her end. Um, it's cool, man. It's really cool because we're going to be getting like that Mandalorian, that bounty hunter stuff going on on one side, and we're going to get that cool Jedi lore on the other. Tim, though, you mentioned the title card, and I feel like the title card is super important because that title card, to me, looks like the episode in Rebels uh, World Between Worlds. And I think we're getting a lot of cool stuff. Whether you hate it or love it, I happen to love what Dave Filoni did, and I think he handled the time jumping or the the time travel very well. And I feel like maybe Ahsoka is going to be getting some sort of weird kind of like flashes or, or trying to kind of figure out in her own head what happened do i should i exist or should i not because really if she fought in the hands of vader there she she would have lost right so i feel like there's a whole thing of like do i really belong here or not who knows but we do know as well that um ahsoka's a tie to um the morai which is someone or which is the, the sister that we've seen the daughter that we saw in um the uh how to get the planet now all of a sudden um Damn, the planet in uh, oh, Star man. Wars. Duh. Oh, man. We're killed for this one. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, but there's the father, and then there's the son, 
And then there's the daughter, which is the Morai, um, basically an Anakin and Obi-Wan and her traveled to Mortis. There Mortis, we go, planet Mortis. <laughs> yeah. I was halfway <laughs> so, through Googling it. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like we're going to get a lot of cool answers, man. And again, maybe like the Obi-Wan series, maybe there's going to be a lot of uh, just, you know, cool flashbacks of where the Jedi Order kind of went wrong, but also keeping the story going forward. And I don't know who, I guess the foe would obviously be Thrawn and her looking for... Uh, for Ezra, yeah. Sabine, Sabine's definitely going to be in the show. Hera potential, like yeah. this is a Rebels reunion, got <laughs> yeah, Jason, right, Jason yeah. Syndulla now. So um, I can't wait. Maybe we'll even see like Kanan, uh, flashback, right? So cool. Freddie Prince Jr. playing him. I don't know, but um, I'm down either way. So for me, that was like the second biggest thing yes. of the day. We're gonna the get world. to the biggest for you, yeah. Just a few yeah, minutes. And, and then what was the other one? Sorry, that we Rangers uh, we of the New Republic. Like they're they're talking about yeah. this being the kind of Cara Dune spinoff that has been slightly rumored and they've yeah. been building like some, at least in the last couple of episodes, right? Where she's now, they, what do they call her? Marshall? Marshall. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. isn't quite a ranger, but it seems to have that feel to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm okay with, I don't, I don't, I feel like um she's been great in the Mandalorian. I still don't feel like her acting's all quite there to, carry? to lead a show yeah. to carry it, but um she has improved a lot, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, Gina Carano, that is. So um I would like to see just basically more of the cast who it could be. Whether it could also be like the uh, the X Wing pilots that yeah. we've seen, like Dave Filoni yeah. and the other guy from um, I think Kim's Convenience yeah. is the show that he came from. Uh, so I, I'm definitely interested. But I mean, if you have those shows all. It's all the same universe, but obviously that coexisting with the Sokas and the Mandalorians, like you got me. I'm yeah, there. hundred yeah. percent. And like yeah. for me, the thing that excites me about that Rangers of the New Republic is let's see what everything is happening on the Republic side, right? Yeah. We're kind of getting yeah. the outer rim exploration post empire, what's going on, even some more detail about what the Empire, the remnants are doing, right? Yeah. I want to see I'm even cool to jump into some of the politic end of what's oh, bloodlines. Going... Yeah, That's exactly. The era right there, exactly. Right? Right. Oh, That'd be incredible. Build me up some of that. I, let's go yeah. like rebuilding the Republic and, you know, ha- have Han Solo in it, like a reference yeah. to him or something like that. Right. Like there's a lot of work they can do there that can shine light on the other side of the coin from what we're seeing right now in the Mandalorian. That's right. Yeah. Really cool. Ahsoka, man, Carlos, I always have to bring your family into this because it's, it's an absolutely <laughs> brilliant perspective that, that Troy and I at this point can't bring, like we may be able yeah. to bring this in 10 years, but like having that perspective and enjoying this for yourself too, because the other great perspective you bring is someone that's really found a love and a passion for Star Wars in the past like year and a half, two years. Like it was something yeah. that you know back in the day you were you were you were watching and you were there with. But I find that we've really kind of pushed you over the edge where I don't even think you're a Padawan anymore, man. You've clipped that braid. And... Yeah. I, I wasn't buying those $30 figures, that's for sure, <laughs> like a year or so ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Ahsoka was huge, right? Like you could, it was palatable, the excitement and that it's real. Like it's one thing for me to say it, but it's another thing for the kids to see it on the on the TV and have Kathleen Kennedy validate it and to speak it into existence kind of thing. And so, yeah, Rosario coming and doing that show is going to be amazing. You got a great A actress there. And I thought from what little I've seen of her doing the condensed um, Clone Wars watch to get exposure <laughs> to the character, 
I was like, oh, yeah, she totally feels like the natural evolution of, of yeah. this character. And there's some real interesting places that they can take her kind of thing. And then, yeah, Rangers of the New Republic is it's interesting. Like one of the things that I thought we'd see more of was like when you had the one X-Wing pilot and he's like basically doing an investigation mm-hmm. as to something percolating in the background. Um with the remnants of the empire. So I think that'll be pretty interesting to see. And maybe you can start filling out those pieces of the lore for how the empire became the first order or where the first order came from in the first place. If it's not the evolution of the empire, uh, through these guys kind of trying to maintain peace and order in the new Republic. And you know me, like I, I love the, boots on the ground type mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Ahsoka I'm hyped for, but unlike you guys, I don't have like the points of reference for it. It's yeah. just like she's cool. Give it to me. I want to see what what you got going on and where you're taking this thing. And I think they'll take it to some neat places too. And the thing that Star Wars has been good at, like particularly with the Mandalorian, is you don't have to be that person that has the deep knowledge of all mm-hmm. like the can like the cartoons to a certain extent but certainly not the books and the comic books like if you've experienced those things they just add to what you're getting out of the shows and movies but you don't need them at all you can they're pretty easy to to get into without any previous knowledge so yeah i'm there for it for sure for sure like this me as well it's like my second second most anticipated project with a bullet type of thing so yeah and that's so cool to hear like this felony favreau universe as i've been referring it to like its own contained storytelling with through lines that are going to cross over to this like big event like i like that this would be the first time that star wars is building things concurrently that run in different narratives but then amalgamate into something a bit bigger and so it's going to be kind of a cool thing to see them build that out over the next couple of years. Arguably, you could say, yeah, the whole saga culminates in, in Return of the Jedi or whatever. But that's kind of a bit more of your traditional movie where it's like the same characters you're following through, you know, in their story. This is going to mm-hmm. be three different stories going on that come together, which is, is really cool, right? And I'm, I'm a big fan of the MCU style, right? That seems to be taking some of that blueprint that Favreau helped create in the MCU and flipping that into his own little Star Wars universe, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the live action stuff on Disney Plus, we're gonna take a quick pit stop and talk about the animated and the Bad Batch. We knew that was coming. The thing that got me is it seems like it's gonna be post Sith, like post Purge, based off of the Emperor's appearance in there, which intrigued me a bit more. I'm definitely gonna watch it, but it doesn't. It's not incredibly enticing to me at this point. <laughs> And then we also have on on the opposite side is Visions. This is something that they're expanding. And I know our dude Chris is going to be super stoked about this. Is we've got a series of animated shorts. And it's going to be in the anime style. And they're pulling from 10 different Japanese studios to tell 10 different unique stories in the Star Wars universe. Which is really cool. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the animation here. Like I'm not an anime guy by any sense of the mean. But... This intrigues me, and, I, and I'm I'm excited about this as being something that I can consume on Disney Plus and and broaden kind of the the scope and the style that is being applied 
to Star Wars, right? Like, like Troy, you you've spent a lot yeah. of time on the animation side of things in Star mm. Wars. These two shows, it's not your Clone Wars season seven type of reveal, right? Um, but both intriguing. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, because at first when I heard Bad Batch was getting their own show, I was kind of like, uh, really? But seeing this trailer really intrigued me. Um, I love the fact that it looks like it's going to run like basically right during Order 66 yeah. and up because I think they take that line right from the Emperor himself. Yeah. The Galactic Empire is from revenge, right? So to see that and, you know, maybe we're going to see how these guys either one weren't effective or two, like maybe how they meet up with Rex at some point because mm-hmm. I remember in Rebels, Rex is also with a couple other clone yeah. troopers that are fine. So maybe those guys kind of help them with the patch. I don't know. But uh, I am actually a lot interested now to see where the show goes and um, probably see Vader. You know, it's just, I, I'm in. I'm all in. Uh, the animation holds up too alongside with the Rebels or the Clone Wars. Um, the Visions really has me intrigued because, you know, like, I think I remember when I was a kid reading the wizard magazines, they used to show you some of like the Star Wars concepts in an anime style. And I know Lost Stars uh, came yes. out obviously in a novel, but they also mm-hmm. did like an anime, a manga version as well. So that's cool that they're really going back to showing us some of that stuff, whether they're going to do like a retelling of Lords of the Sith, which would be amazing in anime. Um, anything, any Star Wars story with uh, illustrations of anime i'm totally in because it's just such a cool way to capture some of those moments in uh in star wars history so i i really like the idea big time mm-hmm. i'm all in and, yeah and going yeah. back to the, the japanese style and all that too it's it's something that inspired george lucas and so it's yeah. a bit honoring of that legacy of, of inspiration as well which is it's just kind of cool mm-hmm. definitely um, i hope they really do that now carlos you got through did you get through season seven of the Clone Wars and yeah, and yeah the Bad Batch. So you're familiar with these characters. Yeah, they were pretty cool. Like I, I dug them in the in the season seven episodes that they were in. Like I thought it was kind of neat to have these specialized troopers. Like <laughs> it almost reminded me of kids like or like the toys in the eighties, like He Man and stuff. It's like oh, you got like your spy guy and you got your weapons guy, or like GI Joe was like the same thing yeah. kind of thing, right? Where it's like each of them is kind of better. Than, than something else or even like video games like Ghost Recon and whatnot that I played. So <laughs> that'll be cool. But like what Troy said about them being present during the execution of Order 66 and then living their lives out from there, that's fascinating to me. Like yeah. that'll be really cool to see these guys have this experience and then where they take um, the show from there through their lens. Like really the possibilities are endless. So that's cool. Like, I think that sold me on mm-hmm. tuning in to that one. And then uh, as far as the the vision thing goes, I'm always there for, like, new interpretations and different things. Like, if I have a criticism of the stuff Disney does, it's always kind of of a piece and yeah. house style and exactly. it, it, it plays in a box. So I am there for it. Like, I loved things like the Animatrix and Gotham Knights, which was yeah. the same type of things where it's like, here's this franchise here's this moment in time during these movies. So with the, the matrix one, it was between matrix one and two. And it's just like, here's the matrix world. And they it basically same concept farmed it out to animate anime studios. And they came back and told stories. And then Batman, it was between Batman begins and the dark Knight. And there was brilliant stories in there that would never see realization anywhere other than through an anime lens kind of thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm always there for it, man. Like I, I'll, I'll try anything out, and you never know, right? Unless you try. So, 
yeah, I say bring it on. And Star Wars, it's just so rich that mm. these guys could do some pretty cool stuff with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it yeah. certainly can. Yeah, certainly can. It's it's going to be interesting to see how the animation continues to evolve as well. Because I'm guessing this isn't where they're stopping. No. Um, animation plays a big role in Star Wars storytelling, and <laughs> these are two what seem like relatively contained stories. I would imagine we're going to get something more as as we evolve here and maybe even something potentially in the Jedi space because that's something that's missing right now, right? Mm-hmm. Is a, a true, I guess you have Ahsoka, but a true full-fledged like major Jedi story in some capacity. But let's let's get on to these next ones here. So we've got five other Disney Plus shows, live action shows that are going to be debuting on Disney Plus in the next couple of years. <clears throat> One being a droid story. So this is going to have our, our two iconic droids, C-3PO and R2-D2, leading a new hero on some form of adventure. Um, so presumably, well, I guess that could be really in any time frame. Um, that that would be nice if it was post-Return of the Jedi. It would be kind of cool. And then we're going to skip back into the, the timeline of Star Wars. We're going to have Andor, a prequel to Rogue One, which starring our dude Rick. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> got to get that in there, Rick. Sorry, man. And then we got Lando. They weren't specific on this one if it was going to be Billy D or if it was going to be Donald Glover. If I was a bet man, Donald Glover is the dude that they're going to be putting front and center here, um, which I think is the right choice. And then in that same era, we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, which we will touch on here because there was a specific reveal that had our, our dude Troy yeah. um, just screaming at the top of his lungs. I would have loved <laughs> to have been a fly on the wall there. <laughs> and then the thing that I'm most interested about is... Or maybe you wouldn't want to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> maybe not. I guarantee you there was a mess. Yeah. Wherever Troy was, when that reveal <laughs> happened, there was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. So I'm uh, glad that I was on this side of the river. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to follow that. That's like a Sanjay swerve, man. <laughs> no, and then the thing that I'm most intrigued about here, actually, is a show called The Acolyte. Um, this yes. is set in that High Republic time frame. And the High Republic, for those that like aren't there yet, is this really cool event that Soul and a few other big-time writers in the Star Wars universe are leading that kicks off actually in just a couple of weeks, starting with his book, uh, The Light of the Jedi. And it's set 200 years before The Phantom Menace. And they seem to be carving out this nice little window where they're going to be telling concurrent stories and interwoven stories in comic books and books and potentially now a TV series. So this kind of diverse multimedia platform that they're going to be using that all these stories look like they're going to be interconnected. Um, Kathleen Kennedy was very specific about saying the High Republic, the final days of that, and the dark side kind of emerging from all of this. And so that is your, I guess I said there wasn't, but here it is. <laughs> Here's potentially your Jedi show, right? Set 200 years before The Phantom Menace. So maybe my comment about the Jedi maybe not being present. Eh, I guess Obi-Wan and, and the Acolyte. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. But uh, Carlos, I'm going to let you go first here, man. There's a whole slew of shows here, five shows, like I said. Um, what's sitting at the top of your list here? You know, everything from Andor, Lando, that's familiar territory. The Acolyte, maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi, less familiar stuff that's going to be told. Um, yes, Obi-Wan is a familiar character, but we always assume that he was just a hermit that sat on Tatooine for, you know, 18 years leading into A New Hope out of Revenge of the Sith. But it turns out that's probably not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's going to be number one with with a bullet. I don't want to get into it too much because I want to just yeah. have the pure, <laughs> unadulterated um, flow coming from our boy. So, yeah, that was by far. It, it's always been kind of the project that I'm looking forward to the most. Um, you might have photographic evidence somewhere as to why, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I do love Obi Wan and the, the reveal as to where they're taking the show. Super cool. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious, and we'll get into it once uh, Troy grabs yes. the mic there. The Acolyte, the Jedi lore is always something that I'm curious to explore. And I, I do think, like, just for us on the periphery of Star Wars fan, or not the periphery, but, like, that aren't, haven't taken the deep dives, we do need to have that fleshed out for us a bit more as to mm-hmm. why the Jedi are the way they are, why the Sith are the way they are. Cause it's like, I don't know, like the Sith, if they'd get outside of this rule of two, like you guys could maybe like <laughs> take some strides forward, but <laughs> yeah, like you, you keep having two of you and poaching the other guy. You're never going to, you're never going <laughs> to take any steps forward. So I'd like to see where this thing goes. And it seems neat. Like just the way that you brought it to the table with, um, the emergence of of the Sith and whatnot from this prime Jedi time, so it'll be it'll be an interesting story to tell for sure. Uh, Andor, ironically, we just watched Rogue One tonight, so it's one of those you kind of know where it's going. If Rick's involved, there's going to be way too much slow mo, and <laughs> I, I, I I don't know, but. Um, no, you know what? You're going to be immersed in like the the common folk of the Star Wars universe, and I'll yeah. be I'll be there for that, right? So yeah, yeah. Mon Mothma, like, you yeah. Could, you could see Leia maybe in this. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of characters you could pull into this. Akbar maybe, like anyone from Rogue One is fair game, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's more kind of the spycraft stuff mm-hmm. that that's intriguing to me, and like when um, Jin is kind of kicked to the curb by the by the rebel council and there's that group that accompanies um cassian like those guys they look like they've they've seen some stuff Mm -hmm. and he talks about them having done terrible things in the name of the rebellion i think there's some pretty interesting stories to tell there so yeah i that'll be cool the droid show Mm. i was a kid in the 80s they did it with a cartoon I don't want to be in trouble again. It, it's it's whatever. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably watch it type of thing. If it's great, cool. But if it's geared towards the younger audience, like I think it is, that's awesome too. So, that was my impression of it as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, it's all about the Kenobi. So well, yeah. I'm going to do the, I'm going to take the honor of throwing it to Troy the boy there. <laughs> oh man. Take us oh, away. Man. Well, you know what? Uh, before, before I get into there, I got to, I got to go off of uh, what you guys were talking about with the accolades because that has me really intrigued with the High Republic. Um, I feel like there's a lot they can do there, whether it's uh, Darth Bane, because he is mm-hmm. canon if you go to Clone Wars. So if it's Darth Bane, if it's Darth Revan, which I know would be further back in time. But I mean, Legends, they can kind of do whatever they want now, right? We've seen it with Thrawn. Exactly. So, um, I, yeah, it'd be pretty cool, man. Or whether it's Plagueis, you know, to see how he leads into Palpatine, mm-hmm. which would be another cool avenue that you could go um the lando series i'm really excited for it and i think much like tim i i agree it's probably gonna be um childish gambino there uh playing uh playing lando so um that would be really cool and then the other one um 
the Andor. I'm just not, I'm still not there with that one. Andor is, I mentioned to you guys in the DM, Ando and Rose are, I'm sorry, Rick. I'm sorry, but Lando, <laughs> or sorry. Cassian? Cassian. Cassian yeah. and um, Rose are, are my least favorite um, Star Wars characters yeah. of all time. So well, um, the, the interesting thing, though, about Andor, it's another one yeah. that, like, it's 12 episodes. 12 episodes, And eh? 200 named characters. Like wow. and like you were saying earlier, this is the one that looks like again that they shot it in the same way they shoot a movie. Yeah, yeah, the production. Yeah, so what yeah, they're, yeah, they're talking about that. That looks awesome, especially all the practical. It feels like they just picked up the Rogue One set, definitely, and just kept going with it, right? Like it's cool, yeah. but twelve episodes, like that's twice as long as the MCU shows, right? Like that's a yeah. lot of like they might be only half an hour episodes too, right? Like. We might not be getting these yeah. 40 to 50 minute episodes that we've seen in most episodes of The Mandalorian, at least 40 minutes, right? right. It's almost double what The Mandalorian is. It's almost yeah. two seasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if we're going to get a K2SO introduced in there. Because I know he's been introduced in the comic. I yeah. think he's introduced him. They have that origin in the they comic. They have that Cassian right? so and K2 story. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it seems like something that they should do because yeah. that character went over really well and. Huge. That, that was always the whole thing with Rogue One, right? You have these great cast of characters, and yeah. Star Wars is baked in sequels, established, uh, you know, these, but you don't have that with that story. And that was always no. the point of it. Um, but yeah, it's, I think K2 has got to be in there, right? You got to give that, because I think you're right, Carlos. This could be a very dark series. Mm-hmm. Like, and they could take advantage of this form of storytelling to do some of the darker stuff. Yeah. And, and I think with this one, you have to, especially now, Carlos, you played Fallen Jedi. You got to bring in um, uh, Saw Gerrera. I think he would be perfect in this show. I think he'd be awesome to have someone leading kind of like the darker side of the rebellion at this or yeah. the rebels at this point. Right. Just uh, not the Saw Gerrera we saw in Rogue One. No. See, and that's the disconnect, right? Because when you go to Clone Wars, Saw Gerrera and Clone Wars in Rebels and in Fallen Jedi, he's fantastic. Yeah. And then for some reason, they really went kind of He went crazy, different. right? Went crazy, yeah. So yeah. I would definitely like to see it. And I guess with this being a prequel, it would be closer to the Saw Gerrera in uh, Fallen Jedi and um, and Rebels. Well, not Rebels, but Clone Wars. And this is like... Because, Re- yeah, Rebels. Because Rebels is like two years before. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this would be so before... It might be the same time. Yeah. A little closer, yeah. Might have yeah. that low that low haircut going on. You, there, you could so. also you could maybe run into like could you run into Hera in this show? Oh absolutely. The Rebels crew? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. even Sindula, Sam or Cham. Cham Sindula yeah. or Dad. Well that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be very so, cool. So you know now that we're talking about it a little bit more, Rick, it's all good, man. I'm on board actually. <laughs> you know, talking about this a little bit more, I'm kind of actually into this show. So uh we'll see how that goes. But come on, man, listen. Okay. Let's Come let's on. let's hear it, man. Oh. I'm we I built this and baked this in on purpose this way that this is the last thing that we talk about because yeah. give, give us give us your your raw reaction. I'm not even gonna say what it is. You you say what it is, man. You this, put that into the universe on the nerd room, <laughs> dude. I'm watching I'm watching this live stream and Obi Wan Kenobi. Cool, like I've been hyped about this. You know, I was the one guy that was saying like, listen, like Obi Wan over a solo movie, hands down. You go to you go to Obi Wan over Han. Whatever happens, right? So now we're getting this TV series of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'm like, cool, this is great. And then I see Kathleen Kennedy talk about Anakin Skywalker is going to return, played by Hayden Christensen. And I see his face right there, and I'm losing my mind. I'm just I'm just blown away. This is this is all I ever wanted in Star Wars is another chance 
with this guy in the role of Anakin. And he's also going to be in the suit. And then we're hearing also that there's going to be the biggest rematch of ever, mm-hmm. you know, between these two. And this is just, I'm, I'm just losing my mind, man. I, I had nothing. I like to know that we're going to be following Obi-Wan Kenobi with whatever he's going on in his life on Tatooine 10 years after Return or Revenge of the Sith. And then we're also going to have Anakin, now Vader, transitioning, pretty much transitioned into Vader, that 10-year span. It's going to be incredible. We know we're going to have some sort of flashbacks of the moment that Obi-Wan first realized that Vader lives, which is going to be incredible Mm -hmm. to see live action when he realizes and pieces things together that this figure that he last fought is now you know more machine than man right because that's what he says to uh to luke when he's i think a force ghost at that point right and um we're gonna get that another confrontation man between these two going at it it's just it's gonna be so cool it's just my mind is blown i can't wait to see the dialogue now because you know i'm a big believer of the prequels but the dialogue is a little you know it's a little different <laughs> so to see these episodes now could be written properly and to hear a uh uh hayden you know execute these lines and same with you mcgregor because he's fantastic himself um i just don't know man i just don't know what to expect i know it's gonna be all goodness but this is this is the one thing i wanted is just to see this happen again live action between these two and um Man, there's just there's so much potential here. Like how they're gonna fight, I don't know. Like I was always believed that Obi Wan never left Tatooine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think Anakin did come back, or Vader came back to Tatooine once in one of the comics, but he never confronted Obi Wan. At least we didn't know of. So I don't know how that's all gonna go down. But I feel like Vader's gonna be like a really, really bad, bad man at this point. Like just you know. He's he's gonna be that Rogue One Vader. I was just basically. thinking that man, like you, know? you just watched that. It's one of my yeah. favorite scenes. Like, yeah, oh. right. And we're we're gonna get like, we're gonna see him go toe to toe with another Jedi now. And like you see Obi Wan in um in Rebels when he takes down Maul, and like wow, Obi Wan still has it, right? So it's gonna be really cool to see these guys uh, just go at it, man. I just I just don't know what to expect. We're probably gonna get like the Emperor. I'd imagine mm-hmm. as well. Um, I hope they take a lot of uh, tissues and DNA from Charles Soule's run, that basically year one of Vader. Yeah. I hope you get a lot of that stuff, some g- dream sequences of Vader thinking like, what if I went this way? What if I, is it too late for me to go to Obi-Wan and apologize? Like, you know what I mean? Um, should I take out the Emperor right now? Like, are we going to see that stuff play off in his head? Because there's so much good stuff in that Charles Soule run and Lords of the Sith, uh, Paul S. Kemp's book. If we can see all that stuff in this 10 year um, aftermath of revenge. Like, man, I'm just, I'm all there for it, man. Like star Wars, in my opinion, can't do anything wrong going forward after this. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is all I need. This is all I need. Well, the yeah. thing that's got me intrigued about this too, short of like, you're just love and passion for this, which oh. gets me even more hyped. When, like when, when I saw this, I was, I think I was more excited for you than I was <laughs> for the, yeah. the reveal, to be honest with you. And you got Deborah Chow too, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, and her her work on Mandalorian got her this job, and she's a gr- great creative to be taking this forward. So I'm super stoked about that. Production starts in March. The thing has got me intrigued. Why bring back Hayden Christensen? Why Vader's in that suit? Yeah. You could have any substantially large man play that role, <laughs> and James Earl Jones voice it. You don't need Hayden unless you're doing something with Hayden. Like mask off in the incubator thing or whatever flashback scenes we saw on that year one of of Vader, that internal battle 
between yeah. Vader and Anakin. Yeah. And to me, this is called Obi-Wan, but this could be a parallel story of Obi-Wan and Vader. Like that yin and yang of the Force at this time where Vader gets a lot of character development internally, like within Anakin, right? And they do imply in that year one of Vader that Vader kills Anakin in a way in that and and fully is engulfed by Vader at that point. Yeah. Like he has that internal battle. To see some of that play out, you know, I know they've done it in comics and the comics meant to be canon. And I, I can't remember, to be honest with you, like the actual time frame of that soul run of Vader, which like we praise to no end. And it's, it's fantastic if you haven't read it. And but I'm okay with them playing a bit fast and loose with that mm-hmm. to deliver it on screen, adapt a little bit of it, if you will. And th- there's so much here, like yeah, Paul Kemp's book, Lords of the Sith, yeah. like it's fantastic. Like you gave that to me, mm. and like there's there's something about Hayden being cast here. It's not just to honor Hayden as an actor, as someone that played this. Like there's they're being specific about this. I think. And I think there's a bit of both because I think there is like me times a million other people out there, you know, that have been wanting him to return. But I also think, you know, with Obi-Wan being on Tatooine for 10 years and we're assuming that he hasn't left and he's been in isolation. You know, he's taken on the name Ben, probably going a little crazy. I won't be surprised if it's even more than just flashbacks, but he literally thinks at times he's seen Anakin with them. Mm -hmm. Almost like if you read the the Ronin book right now with the turtles Mm -hmm. that Michelangelo is like, or turtles are like interacting with you know whatever so it'd be cool if like um basically have obi-wan right now who's thinks he's seen and talking to anakin that's like, just in his mind right okay that's i like that be really really cool you know to see cinematically as well yeah i like that yeah that little bit of crazy side of the force or yeah, yeah he's dipped too far into this way and right because yeah. he's obviously going to be communicating too you know being ahsoka's book with um with qui-gon qui-gon yeah right because that's another yes. there's another actor that could show up in this is very well like as a force ghost too. Definitely. Well yeah, that he, he came back to do Qui-Gon's voice in episodes of the Clone Wars. Yeah. He, he yeah. tells me he's got some affection for that character, right? So yeah. and yeah. I, quite frankly, I think Qui-Gon should come back mm-hmm. because it will make the decisions that Obi-Wan Kenobi makes in the New Hope ring that much more powerfully yeah. if it's kind of guided by this character that we met in the Phantom Menace kind of thing, right? Because yeah. that that was always like one of my biggest criticisms of the sequels or the prequel, sorry, is that they never played with that. It's just like, how do you not have Qui-Gon on screen like Liam Neeson come back as a Force ghost? Maybe the first Force or because the first Because Batman force begins. Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Basically. Like oh, he, really? Yeah, it was... It, I, I, I believe he was... And I might be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong out there, guys. But I believe there's something along the lines of he was filming Batman Begins. They both came out in 2005, right? And he was meant to have like some form of like Force Ghost appearance or something like that, and they just couldn't make it work. That was that's my understanding. Right. That could just be hearsay. <laughs> you know, that's like a buddy of my buddy of my buddy told me this about you know Liam Neeson, but right. Well, he made the right choice at the end of the day, <laughs> but um, yeah, the. That'll be cool. Like, I think he needs to be part of this. I thing. agree. Fully, yeah. fully agree. Definitely. And even in a certain point of view, right? The book, right? Yeah. There's some really cool stuff between Qui-Gon. Um, like, even finding out that Qui-Gon's robes is what Yoda has himself wrapped in 
in Empire. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's oh, Qui Gon's really? ear. Yeah, that's Qui Gon's, right? That's wicked. Yeah. So that synergy, right, between the two. So if we could see more of that kind of stuff in a in, like, in an episode base too, right? These are episode episodic, right? So see that kind of stuff spread out in an Obi Wan Anakin show. Oh, like there's yeah. the, you say Yoda too, right? Like there's another character yeah. you could be you could be commuting with in some form, right? Like maybe you don't yeah. have you don't have to have them there, but you know it's very possible that they could be speaking like because there's this whole implic like like they implied that yoda never left the hut and obi-wan never left the cave right but i kind of like this idea of expanding that and i'm cool with obi-wan leaving the planet like for for the story no new hope to make sense it doesn't require obi-wan to have been there for 18 years right right like it's it's not like he's there and he's only there right there's something more and like and you bring up the point too of him connecting the dots that Vader's still alive. He doesn't want to bring attention to himself, but can he avoid that conflict at some point? Right. I I don't know. It's interesting because clearly Vader knows he survived and maybe there has to be a point where Obi-Wan has to make, I don't know. It's, it's so hard because I'm like musing in my head right yeah. now what could happen. And so you got to go full character over continuity, man. Yeah. Like maybe you even have a Vader version where his suit is different. So Anakin plays the character and you can kind of see him or whatever. Right. And or just, like, oh, even we've like never... we've seen it a couple times in Clone Wars where he gets the mask sliced. Right. You can exactly. see, his, you can see his eye. Like you see oh. that in rebels. And I think you see it in, is it at the end of, it is at the end of Rebels or at the end of Clone Wars. At, I can't remember. At the end of Clone Wars, you can yeah. see his eye just underneath oh, the yeah, yeah, red yeah. lens yeah. a little bit there. So, um, But, yeah, we don't even know. Like, if he's communicating with Qui-Gon and then, you know, his last dying wishes was to raise the boy, you know, in Obi-Wan's mind, he doesn't know. Like, he's like, could he still possibly be the chosen one or is Luke mm-hmm. the chosen one? Like, he doesn't know what's what. Maybe he tries to reach out to Anakin one more last time to be like, hey, man, like, it's not too late. Like, we don't know. But we also know, too, like, with the Ahsoka book – and row one, I think, but Bill Organa, Bill Organa obviously knows that Obi Wan's on Tatooine, and we know that Ahsoka yeah. communicates with Bill in her book. So maybe there's some point where Ahsoka possibly meets with Obi Wan, and Obi Wan kind of takes off. Then um, yeah. I don't know, but the only thing with that is that if that's the case, then Ahsoka would have had to know who Luke is, and I I kind of like to believe that she has no idea who Luke yeah. is. If she did she would have been right there with them helping them right so i guess that kind of debunks that but there, there, there's so many opportunities there's... but you know obi-wan leaving the planet doesn't bother me by any means especially it'd be just a short period of time mm-hmm. why yeah. not yeah yeah because i'd rather him leave than vader come to tatooine yeah to i think that makes yeah. more sense because like yeah. vader comes to tatooine and can't feel the presence of something mm-hmm. it and i guess in the comic books he does come to tatooine he has come back yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's something with the sand people again, isn't it? Doesn't he do something to the... Yeah. But he has come back. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. think... Yeah, because there's a whole... I can't remember. It was a while ago. Yeah, because he's looking because he goes to the huts. Yeah, I was going to say, because I thought it was gonna, something yeah. about the huts and all that that he yeah. goes back yeah. to and does all that. But yeah. um, look, guys, this was three years of content stuffed into a two-hour conversation here. <laughs> and we do apologize to Grabs for having to set aside our Galaxy Quest. It's very 2020 of us to delay our, our film slate review into 2021. <laughs> <laughs> but th- this conversation had to happen. This was an unbelievable amount of content and really sets the tone for 2021 for us here in the Nerd Room. Um, and then you layer on the stuff that's coming from DC next year in both the comic and film space. You layer on the beyond aspect of the nerd room with the action figures, the toys, turtles, Power Rangers, whatever you want to call it. Retro 
Like there's so much there guys. Like if, if we didn't have full-time jobs, this might be a twice a week type of podcast. (laughs) It might have to be. be (laughs) I had a blast talking about this stuff and it's so great to, to walk through this and hear the ideas and how everyone has interpreted what Kathleen Kennedy or Feige or whomever said a little differently. And we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that too. Like, what did you feel about all these reveals? What was your favorite reveal? Like, it's something that we're going to have to pick up on here in the future, guys, when we do our 2021 look forward. What was the reveal from here that really got us intrigued for, for next year and for the coming years? But given the length of this episode already, I think it's time we put a pin in it because we got a lot of stuff already to do in the next coming weeks. It's coming up to the holidays, guys. We've got episode 250. We're going to be recording that here soon, our special 250th episode celebration. We've got our Get Vocal session, guys. This Friday, December 18th, we're going to be going live to review and discuss the season finale of The Mandalorian. We had a banger of an episode last week. We're going to get into that before getting into the discussion around the season finale. And then we're also going to be having a few drinks and celebrating the holiday season, of course. And we got guests. We got guests coming. Yes. They special are guests. locked and loaded. So, yes. Yeah. I was DMing a bit and there's some palatable excitement. So, yes. Very excited yeah. to have uh, some podcast friends jumping on to the live stream as well. And then, guys, we've we've just heard here in Canada, we're getting Wonder Woman 2, day and date, POV, premium yes. VOD. So, we're going to actually get Four a review. Of, we're going to get a review of that in just into January because I'm able to see it. <laughs> without going to the theater and so we got our year in review we've got one-on-one review we've got a 2021 look forward we've got 250 guys we've got mando wrap-up this is gonna be a crazy few weeks of podcasting and i'm looking forward to already this was a hell of a conversation a long conversation but a much needed conversation that sets the tone for 2021 at a minimum in the nerd room so guys with all that being said if you want to be a big part of the show, you can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do over at nerdroom.net. Handles for Twitter at the end of the episode. You can always catch us there. And guys, the hunt is real, and you can find that on our Instagram page at the nerdrm. And I'm sure Sanjay will – well, he'll definitely be here for 250, so you guys will hear from Sanjay, and maybe you'll see him pop up in the chat <laughs> on the Get Focal live session this coming Friday, the 18th. But – with all that being said, and this episode in the rear view, view mirror and what we got in front of us coming at us, Fast and Furious, guys. For the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm the Batman of a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, he is. All right, guys. We'll speak to you very soon. We'll see you on Friday. And thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out the nerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.